0: Yeah
1: I don't even know. It d- during the fucking match, like the commentary, Excalibur mentions that the dude's been wrestling for ten years since he was sixteen years old. It's like, you know, like that's. Uh, I I think nasty's trolling. I think it's intentional. That's why yeah. I I responded to Quentin to your quote tweet like, the, you know, I don't even remember what I said, but you know, just like, it, it's a work. He's working. It's a good yeah. one. I mean, I'll give it to him. Uh, you know, I just.
2: Uh, yeah. I don't know. If- I don't know if you saw this. I'm just looking on Twitter. Um, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: have one of the aggregators, like Ringside News or something, said Sasha Banks is asking prices thirty thousand dollars a booking for uh, for non wrestling, yeah, for non wrestling. Uh, oh, okay. Non wrestling appearances.
1: God damn, that's a lot. Yeah, um, but <laughs> it's also like
2: that's <laughs> a lot sense. for like actual real well um,
3: eh,
2: for. I was about to say actual real real entertainers, but
3: I guess yeah, yeah. she is, I guess like, Yeah, she is she, yeah, She's still at that point where she is
2: like, yeah. um, I don't follow her for it, like, yeah but,
1: yeah but uh oh but yeah the, the the rookie of the year i just i go back to what i said my response to it which is that if if we're going to be this if we're going to play this fast and loose then my rookie of the year is going to john moxley uh, first year sober <laughs> so that counts as a rookie to me uh, well, yeah, you're whole, a your,
3: your whole new person i agree
1: <laughs> yeah he's a new man he's born again um all right this week we are why so surious. um Obviously, Quentin is with me. We're joined by JML, our uh, resident uh, Joshiologist. at least stardom. I think we, we like to have JML on. Um Jay, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing okay. I remember I heard the Dave Musgrave uh, episode, and he loves stardom just as much as I do, so... I don't. I don't care. I love D. Musker, so he he could take my spot anytime. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I don't think you have to worry about that. One thing that I did think about with the <laughs> recent uh, assassination of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, that like uh, I was kind of like, oh damn, like Alex, she's the one that talks about Japanese politics more. On oh, here, so we, we, and, should, yeah, we
3: should. Yeah, we should. Yeah. We should have had Alex on here too. That'd have been awesome. Well, but
1: you know, I was like, ah, I'm not gonna take the time to put that together. Um, yeah. Either way,
3: Oh, good.
2: no, I was gonna say I did see a lot of the coverage. I just, it was it was wild,
1: yeah, Quentin, how are you doing tonight?
3: I'm good. um, you know that we've been uh, that I've been doing a bunch of house renovations and uh yes, did painting today, and I forgot oh. how much painting a house sucked. so yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it's not fun. not fun. it is fun when you're first starting and you can write like. Bad words on the wall, or like picture, like you can draw a wiener or something. That's always fun. Um, probably can't do that, I guess, with your family. But <laughs>
3: yeah, it's just like nah, like just go to stand there and like have blue pa- blue paint everywhere. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess <laughs> Quentin, you mentioned it.
1: I don't even. I can't. I don't even know. It's all a fucking blur with the Vince man stuff. You mentioned that we didn't talk about the recent thing that came up. Um I don't even know anymore what's the most recent and the least recent and all this. I feel, um,
3: I feel like it's still the 12 million dollar the 12 million dollars I guess back in cover ups of uh different affairs and uh things like that over the years. Um but yeah, JML, we've talked about the Vince stuff on here a couple a couple of times and at this point like most rationally thinking people or say, well, the first thought is obviously this is terrible and bad the way he's using power dynamics to take advantage of people. But also at the same time, this is Vince McMahon and why is anyone surprised that Vince McMahon is doing bad shit? But JML, uh, where are you how where have you been coming down on this uh on this Vince news that's made it that's made it to the mainstream?
2: Um, I mean I I feel I feel the same, like it's not surprising, but same time it's it's horrible, especially now that it came out that um, seven point five million was awarded to uh, the talent. Not awarded—that's a bad way of saying it. But um, given to a former talent that he coerced and then having oral, like her having a word of sex with him. Like, I, it's it's kind of. I just look at it. it it's going to get. It's going to. It's more stuff is going to come out. Um, I know when when it got announced when the news got dropped last Friday um, with the Wall Street Journal story, um, a lot of people were narrowing it down already to like four people. Um, to and we're, I'm not going to mention any names or anything like that. But if if the person who a lot of people a lot of people were thinking of, it's it's really going to be really really bad um, if this person comes out and and talks about it. I know there's there's a bunch of NDA, NDAs but um, I don't know if they're gonna actually stand up in court but um, I, I remember seeing James E. sweet saying like oh the Wall Street Journal is doing better journalist journalism than the wrestling the wrestling media and I saw you Tim and, and, and Alex were talking about it uh, back and forth and I, I do agree that like some of the journalists the wrestling media is kind of in too deep but it's it happens in regular like, like in sports journalism and just in, in politi- the, the political media. Like, it's it happens. Like, you have to have an outsider to come in. Like, the one I, I'm thinking of off the top of my head was uh, with – you, did you guys hear about, the like, the Kevin Durant and Kyrie stuff? It was, like, months before this implosion happened at the Nets. Like, there was a book that came out about um, how basically they were running the team, and it was just – it was a yeah. lot of thing, yeah, a lot of dynamics. But I know some people, like Dan Levitare, was like, cr- like questioning, like, how come the the, the the beat writers are not reporting this? It's just like they're they're too in deep, too in deep for this. And um and I think I think it, with the rest of the media is just they're too in deep into covering the regular stories that it had to be someone from the outside. And I also think that. Um, someone on the board of directors is uh, is leaking this. Um, one of the board of directors resigned two days before the last Wall Street Journal um, news story came out and I think there's probably going to be another one on Friday um, or another one on Friday so I think it's it's leaked from inside. Um, I know you guys joke about how my got my tinfoil hat on with my conspiracy theories but I really do think that someone from the inside is leaking this and Trying to get Vince out of here, which is not a bad thing. Like Vince has to go, but at the same time, like it's it wasn't. It's not the closest person that that would have been able to break the stories of Bix, and even with Bix, he's gotten numerous. Because I listened to Bix on the post wrestling um, post wrestling show, and he's gotten numerous um, letters from Jerry McDivitt to basically tell him back off Road Sue um, years ago um with the ring boy scandal like just trying to trying to bring that up to light up to light and i think he was trying to publish something about rita chatterton um but for this time he's heard that there's been nothing from the jerry mcdivitt side in terms of going to the wall street journal or anything like that so this is this is concrete you know some people are not not believing this which i can't believe they're you you have you literally have to be a Fed the fence stand or or Vincel whatever whatever they they call call the the WWE fans to think about this stuff, to 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 accept Vince and bow down events, whatever. This is concrete stuff and it's it's gonna get worse. And I think just people need to to realize that point. It's like it's it's coming from the inside and and Vince is gonna get taken down, which which should be a good thing, but at the same time, this is all for uh, monetary gain for somebody on that board of directors.
3: The thing the thing for me is like going back to the journalism point, And I do agree that at some point these guys are in too deep and value these relationships and access to WWE too much and the cushy aspect of their jobs. And like obviously the one that gets that's been getting the most shit for this is Ryan Satin. For good for good reason, because Ryan Satin is also like there's no way Ryan Satin isn't aware of some of the stuff that Vince was alleged of, even back when Ryan still considered himself a journalist, and it could still be, oh man, Vince McMahon, his interview with Pat McAfee was so humanizing and interesting. He's such a fascinating guy. And for good reason, Satin has taken a bunch of shit from this, but I tweeted out that like someone like Ariel Helwani shouldn't be getting off the hook for this. That he, he's been doing a lot of that same type of shit, and granted, Ariel doesn't cover wrestling, the way in which he covers MMA. But Ariel in his prominent spot is still seeing the McMahons at, two seven, at UFC 276 and treating it as if like, oh, wow, that's so cool. What a treat. The McMahons are here. Like it's it's bad. The way in which our people, like our wrestling fans, people that are fans of wrestling cover this kind of stuff or their lack of coverage on this kind of stuff it has been awful for numerous reasons, and that's why, it, like, it did have to come from somewhere, like the Washington Post, because the people that we theoretically should be able to trust with these with these kind of things, like, we can't, because they sit there and still bow down at the altar events for whatever their reasons are.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, well, well. For the thing with Ariel, one, he works for BT BT Sports, and that's affiliated with WWE, so he does he gets off the hook because he does their stuff in England. So he he gets away with that stuff. And um, Nick Conn was his former man, uh, former agent. So, you know, he's, he's aligning with that and he's picking, he's picking a side and, and a political side because everybody was talking about the, the picture of Vince and Stephanie and honor and, and Pat McAfee. But I don't think a lot of people noticed that that little gut right next to Pat McAfee, that was Nick Conn. And that was for, Political reason. That was a real reason he's keeping away from the shadows, anything in public he's trying to stay away from. Um, So that's, that's my little, little two cents there. That Nick Con's, Nick Conn and his people, because um, Jesse Collins of WrestleNomics, he also talked about, well, what about Nick Conn and all the people that he's brought in Uh, specifically um, uh, who's, who's the guy. It was one guy from Fox, that used to work at Fox Sports, that or ESPN. I, f- I forgot which, which two that um, was let go because of sexual misconduct. Nobody's talking about that. So that's <laughs> it's it's nasty all across the board.
1: Yeah, it's uh, definitely really, really bad. And it's not as if like uh, any of the people that like you're saying, JML are leaking this out or putting this out there. You can't necessarily trust that they have the uh, the best intentions about the whole thing and that they're doing it for altruistic reasons, you know, a hundred uh, percent because, uh, you know, obviously they're probably not um, who knows what it is. It is kind of interesting to think about that. Like what causes, all of this what makes them go after vince now for this stuff that's been going on forever is it just the kind of the changing of of the tides because of like what's socially acceptable that doesn't seem likely you know what i mean it doesn't seem i don't know it just seems so random especially with like all the talk that people say about like how uh, basically you know, people think Vince is the only person who can do wrestling, right? So, like, why would you try to get him out of here? Um, yeah, I have no idea, but uh, yeah, definitely.
2: It was oh, Jamie. He, Hor- it was Jimmy Horowitz. Jamie Horowitz. He used to be an executive of ESPN and Fox. So ah, uh, yes, and he's the one
1: who stepped down, right?
2: Yeah, that for yeah, he, he got uh, for sexual misconduct, but now he's working WWE. So
1: oh, perfect. Um, but yeah, either way i mean yeah this story is uh, i i don't yeah i don't even know this story is just like so it's so weird and i kind of it's tough because i don't I obviously don't care about the product at all we've talked about that enough um so it's kind of tough for me to even care that much about this until like something really is going on um but yeah we'll uh, we'll see i don't know quentin did you have any other thoughts
3: no, I'm, I'm good on that. I, still, I just thought I just wanted to like talk about that more because I just feel like like the journalism part. And you said you and Alex already had you, like you talk about it on Twitter, but like I just think that the, like the journalism part or the coverage that's of right. it is like the part that's like, you know, the Vince part of it should and rightfully is the main, the main talking point. But the way in which, you know. In wrestling journalism has never had any kind of credibility. So I'm not going to pretend that it has. But like, right? You know, just like the way the people that we're supposed to be able to trust in this medium cover it. Just you know, I, th- I, th- I found I found it very interesting last week.
2: Yeah. I mean, with Dave. I mean, Dave's. I mean, Dave's treating his news and he's reported on it, honestly, and. But it's that's the thing with Dave and I I mean, I'm I'm part of the, the the Wrestling Observer newsletter Hall of Fame tracker. Um so I slight I slightly like Dave, but at the same time like um the Wrestling Observer newsletter is a trade journal, you know, and that's it's something that he, he treats as it's and that's what a lot of people should look at as trade journals, not hard journalism, even though he really got a big break on the steroid trial and and all the other stuff. Um, I'm surprised Wade Keller's really been, I haven't seen a lot of Wade Keller's uh, coverage of it, but he's probably talked about it at length, but I just haven't seen it, seen it out there. Um, but probably he's just probably tired. <laughs> like I, like that, that's the vibe I just get from him. He's been covering WWE even in trying to get the mind of Vince McMahon for like 30 plus years. And I think he's just, it feels like he's tired every time I hear him. So, but all the other all the other people all the other people in the media yeah it's 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 not well i can't say that post-wrestling post-wrestling and, and david Bix's fan they've been doing a good job um but yeah other than that the rest of the media it's really really bad
1: yeah yeah and and i you know i post i posted this in the slack group and obviously the response is like he's he's right but you know, whatever, like it just seems very um, cynical to say, but you know, Sean Rossap responding to, you know, people in his people who are paying him money for super chats or whatever, saying like, Oh, you should boycott WWE and not uh, review their shows And this. And his response being like, Oh, that doesn't hurt WWE. And it's like, yeah, that's not the point. Like people are asking you to take a moral stance and your response is like, well, that won't hurt their bottom line or whatever. And it's kind of like, well, yeah but that's not the point people aren't saying like oh you should boycott covering wwe to hurt them it's like no you should boycott covering wwe because you shouldn't be giving them oxygen you shouldn't be giving
3: them your attention you yeah you shouldn't like this kind of story shouldn't be out in the open and as like the biggest journalist in wrestling at this point you sit there and you're still covering them and then being like oh well now coming up on fightful we have an interview with whatever wwe wrestler it's like wait wait well hold on right.
1: <laughs> well and how do you i don't know how anybody does it like you know i don't listen to podcasts that talk about raw and smackdown but how do you give like a honest review of the show with this going on in the background and then vince showing up as a character on the show like i just don't this yeah. is too kind of overbearing to me to be like, oh, let's just watch the show or whatever. You know, like, I mean, it's one thing. Again, we talk about separating the art from the artist when you talk about someone in the past or, you know, those kind of things, like someone who did something, got caught, someone who's passed away in a terrible way, all this stuff. Shout out to Jordan Grace, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and whatever. But to like have an ongoing, like, fucking investigation like this and all the drama and to say like, Oh, and now let's talk about, you know, whatever elite male models or whatever, you know, let's talk about manswa Um, like how the fuck do you, how do you do that? Pivot? How do you fucking do that? How do you talk about Ronda Rousey and Natalia having like a feud based around Natalia's sisters, only fans or whatever. And, uh, and, but then be like, yeah, so Vince is a, um, like an accused rapist um, who's paying people off. And then also he's writing this TV show where they, you know, maybe it's not on the show, but part of the storyline is like, slut shaming someone. What the fuck? Like, I I don't know how you separate those things. And that's kind of my point when I say like, yeah, people calling for you to boycott, the response is not, well, that wouldn't hurt them monetarily. The response is like, uh, actually, I just care about making money. And the way that you make money, just like we we're talking before, the way you get followers on Twitter is talking about AEW. The way you make money and get attention in wrestling journalism is by talking about WWE. I've known that for a very long time. And it's why like I don't do podcasts that get a bunch of fucking attention. Because I've never done a podcast talking about WWE. So no one pays attention, right? That's how it works. I understand that. But, uh, you know, yeah, to be to, to to look at it, it really is craven and it just shows like where your mind is. And it, I, I guess I get it. It's a business for him. That's why he does it. It's his job. So for him, it's about the money. But I don't know. You don't get to cover it up that way, like and act like you're not just making the choice based on what's best for your bottom line um rather than saying like yeah that and then there was another part of it that was really gross i don't even want to repeat and talk about but yeah that was kind of the thing there with the journalists and obviously i I learned online from uh from people that ryan satin is not a journalist um after he quote tweeted me uh blocked me i think he (laughs) unblocked me actually because he had me blocked before so he unblocked me to quote tweet a response to something I said, and then blocked me again. And then I found out from all of his mutants that he's not a wrestling journalist anymore, so I shouldn't uh, hold him to any kind of standard. Uh, right. So that was, Im- yeah, that was important to find out. I didn't even uh, yeah, know.
3: Uh, I love, I love, lo- lo- love that logic. By
2: the way.
1: Yeah. yeah I say never... you fight.
2: I say you fight him at PWG
1: if if he if still goes i don't think he even goes to pwg anymore actually i don't even go to pwg anymore so what can i say <laughs> that um, but if i see him in the streets it's on i mean on site ryan satin i'm coming for you um, but yeah no i mean you know i got my issues with him but like i said I, I don't follow the guy enough to know that he's not a journalist anymore so i you know i learned that but even yeah, yeah, still, yeah
3: i like, thought yeah I, I'd be like, i' don't follow i would have thought he was still doing the, doing the wrestling sheet stuff i don't know <laughs> is not? he not like, like
2: okay, okay, that's fine I think he sold it. I think he sold the rest of the sheet thing. So that's what I remember. I I don't know. But
3: I also also feel like even if the story did come out back in like 2016 when Satin was like making his move over to wrestling, I feel like Satin wouldn't have even really covered it that much, honestly.
2: No, no, he wouldn't. Yeah.
1: (laughs) No, of course not. No, no, no. Here's the thing saying, oh, he's not even a journalist anymore, it's not like. So you shouldn't hold him to that standard anymore because he's not he doesn't call himself a journalist. And he stepped away from the journalism thing because it was proven that that was the way he was and that these are the kind of things that so he didn't want to constantly get called out for it. So he said, oh, that's not I don't do that anymore. But that's what he said he was going to do. Right. That's like was the whole fucking point. And like (laughs) that he was going to do journalism and he was going to do it better than it had been done. And then instantly he realized, oh, I'm not going to do this because I'm just a fucking fanboy and I just want a career in this and I've actually got the connections where I can make something of it and I'll just do it. So, whatever, that's fine. Um, was there something good that happened? I don't I don't think so. Uh,
3: I don't know. Takashida being good. I don't know, man. Yeah, like,
2: that's that's good. good?
1: Hey, you know, I was gonna say, who did, did we? Did you guys watch the Dynamite last night? Yeah, I, I,
3: I, I saw that. some of it. I saw some of it. Yeah, I saw. Um, I saw. The, I saw the important matches. I saw Chakashita Moxley. I saw the tag titles, and I saw Wardlow versus Orange Cassidy. Okay,
1: yeah, Wardlow versus Orange Cassidy. It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, highly recommend that.
3: Um, yeah, Orange Cassidy is. I, it, yeah. it, like I, I understand like the ceiling and the other people like when like when the question was like orange cassidy really should get around with the belt like even if it's like a fluke win yeah and kind of thing he really should get around with the belt I
1: mean, what's the senior seal- the idea of saying that orange cassidy has a ceiling it just shows me that you haven't been paying attention like the guy doesn't if he was just one thing and he's a caricature and he does the same thing every time and that's it sure but like if you watch and his thing develops, that's why it's so fucking laughable the yeah. way that people responded to him from the beginning. Like he developed his character, he changes it, he works to the crowd. And now that he's become a major star, a television ratings mover on tel- on network television, you can watch his matches and he completely changes things up. No, it's Ordo match.
3: Well, oh, go ahead. No, it's like I think like me, like people like me and you like we see it, but it's like in terms of like the people in charge, you know, like that like that kind of thing I'm like are they? Will they ever feel comfortable enough, for Orange Cassidy, to do that? Like, I don't think so. But like, if wrestling is about catering to what the audience wants and likes, so they keep coming back because because they, they like these people, then wrestling logic says Orange Cassidy should get that kind of push.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Moxley and Takashita was phenomenal. Um, weird to me to not just put Takashita over. I'm sorry, Jay. I don't want to spoil anything on you. I, I apologize. I just did that. Um,
2: no, no, anyway. no. I know. I know. I know all the old spoilers. I know. I know okay. everything on Dynamite. It's just I am so late on. I've been so backed up on like wrestling. Like I'm there's. <laughs> it'd be a sick how much I've, I've I've been backed up just because the last two months have been kind of hectic personally for me. But I'm backed up on Dynamite and Rampage. I'm backed up on New Japan Strong. Um, I still haven't watched. Um, stardom Flashing Champions. Even though I watched this past Stardom pay per view, um, so yeah. I'm just I'm just really backed up on wrestling that I want to okay. see. So, gotcha, but gotcha. but I saw last, but I, I know everything that happened last night. Okay. So,
1: uh, yeah, Moxley and uh, Takashita was fucking amazing. Like, just great work. Um, Quentin, what do you think about uh, our friend Simon Handwork Reviews' take on Takashita doesn't wrestle? like he was bleeding what do you what do you take on that because I get what he was saying but I heard the critique before I watched the match and I really didn't see it what do you think
3: uh, I can understand that and I also think that there, I, I, as someone that likes blood and matches I like people cutting the effects of that but as also someone who's like been cut open before didn't realize it and like I think that's also possible too so, like, I think it just what you want to, what you want out of your wrestling. It's like the same as like, it's the same as any kind of selling. It's like we talk about like, what's a realistic way to sell? And there's a realistic way to sell, like, you just can't use this body part, or is a realistic way to sell, this hurts, but I have to do it because this is what I have to do it in order to like get around and move and move functionally. And maybe my adrenaline will make the pain wear off. So, yeah, I think I get it. I think it's, I think it's fair. Simon also is a, uh, you know, also we'll find ways to take shots at Takashita whenever, he, whenever, he, whenever he can. Anyway, so uh, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's, I think it's a, I think it's a fair thing to feel, but I don't think it was like Takashita like blew it or anything.
1: I think so. I I saw a definite. You could see a switch in kind of the way he wrestled because of he was bleeding. But I would say the difference, maybe not the way he wrestled, but the selling. I would say that the difference is the difference between and and this, this is a critique that I will I like understand or maybe like I understand it a little bit better or I will accept it as a critique and it does make sense. He registered it and he sold it <laughs> kind of like a video game where like he registered him bleeding out of the head as just like a more severe being beat up um, as opposed to kind of having a sense of urgency because of the blood. Also, a lot of wrestlers will sell kind of an enraged state of also being bloody. Like, you know, they're kind of adding up an emotional depth to it that I think Takashita didn't. What he did was he sold like being woozy, being physically affected, being more fatigued and bloody, but not necessarily specifically selling it as blood, I will say. So I can understand if, if you look at it that way, which is probably what Simon actually means, is that right. he didn't specifically sell this like you would like, oh, if your leg is injured, you sell the leg. Right. He, he did it more like like I said, like in, if you play the old fucking like N64 video games, like when your character is bloodied, they're like weaker overall. And that's kind of what he did. And I kind of you know saw that as being the thing um, that said, I thought that it was great. I'm happy that he got color. I, I, I think it helped for making it make sense why he didn't win here. I really thought that he probably just should have won, but I think at least you showed like Moxley took him somewhere further than anybody else did. Um, He really came across like at that level. Um, It just absolutely kicked ass basically. Uh, So it was really cool to see that. Um, Now, what do you think about this? AEW is doing this thing now where like Jim Ross only covers part of the show, but Dynamite already has this fucking stigma of falling apart in the second half hour. D- it really feels like or the second hour, like it really feels like the second hour of the show is just completely being tanked compared to the first hour. Because not only like does the show kind of fall off a cliff, but you've also like you've added in JR who's like not good on commentary at this point. I was a defender of him for a while when a lot of people really hated on JR and I still liked him, but at this point I have even I have to agree that he's like just completely out of it. Um, but yeah, what do you think about the a e w second hour is almost seems like it's being intentionally tanked tanked i mean the idea that you like have Jim just on the second hour feels like it's part of like making the second hour even harder to watch uh,
3: i don't i don't, I do think that there's a problem with I'm not sure if there's like an intentional an, an intentionally tanking thing, but like let's say if it was i feel like the i feel like their point would be we're still uh Rate, uh, raking in the same total viewers so it's not like killing us killing us too much or reflecting on us too badly if there is sort of a drop off in quality or viewership in, in that second hour but I do feel like at that point with regards to JR what's the point if he's not going to do the whole show if you're more comfortable having uh, Excalibur and Tony and then filling it in with Taz or whoever else during the court during the course of the program then not just let jr go like have him work backstage like do whatever but i don't understand the need or desire to want to keep putting jr on television at that point if you already wanted to cut cut some of the cv time
1: you know what they could really use jr doing is uh, as a talent scout honestly um, yeah he's the guy who signed you know not cena but uh like Brock um Shelton Benjamin obviously cuz they're connected Randy Orton um who are the other there's like tons of like footbally guys that JR was the one who found them and signed them and stuff you know and the and the amateur wrestlers Kurt Angle like all of those guys even on this show Jake Hager who like say what you will about Jake Hager the guy is a freak athlete like
3: I, I yeah, some for, of the not, some, like, some of the stuff he yeah. can he can do still at his age is kind of crazy
1: well, and he always was. When you think about like all American, American yeah. switched over to MMA. Uh, I think he was like a football, like played football as well. Like this guy was like is a freak fucking athlete. No, he, he no he, really, he well. really
3: yeah he really is. Like he yeah, yeah he went, remember, to
2: he, Oklahoma, he, went to Oklahoma. Yeah. And, yeah
3: yeah and he and he never became like a, a great wrestler, but for like a six six two hundred like like north of two hundred fifty pound guy, like he's yeah. taken to everything pretty quickly. And
1: I say like a freak athlete too, because it's like the Brock thing. Like Brock obviously became a great wrestler, but when he went to MMA, he actually has a pretty solid MMA record and, and has won his fights and stuff. Like, that's why I say like he just has that natural athletic ability. Wrestling is a different beast, right? Cause it's not just about your athletic ability, but you're kind of a freak guy to get to for like, that they definitely should have signed. And it makes sense that he's had the career that he's had, and that's like a JR thing, like JR kind of doing what the what the Gerald Briscoe was doing for WWE, basically just scouting and finding like the 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 legitimate athletes. Like that's kind of the JR lane at this point. You could have him do that, you know. Um, But uh, but yeah, (laughs) Jay, what do you think about any any of this uh, AEW talk we've been having here?
2: Um, I think with JR, it might be a logistic thing because he's doing (laughs) Rampage also. So sure. maybe Tony's going like, hey, he could still do two hours, but let's cut it down in half and have, have do the second half of of Dynamite and then do Rampage on the same night. Maybe it's something like that while Tony, because yeah. I know because I know the way they tape it's like, was it Excalibur and Taz and they switch off with Dark Elevations and times and they have like, a, do they still have Tony and Big Show? On dark elevation. I don't know.
1: Oh, um, I haven't watched Elevation in a very long time.
2: Um because yeah. I know Shivani might be on still on that. So it might be that, that situation. So it might it might be that, but um it might be just a, a logistical thing. Um, you know, I think um you gotta you gotta put him somewhere because tone Tony Khan's signed him, signed into to extension, so you gotta you gotta put him somewhere. So yeah. Um I mean I, I was like you, Tim. I defended JR until I couldn't. Um I always liked him until it just got too egregious yeah. how bad he was on the mic. Um but yeah, like maybe sc- maybe scouting. I don't know who does who does their internal scouting. I don't know. Maybe they
1: No Mark Henry does a bit of it.
2: Okay, so yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe it's that. Um because I haven't I haven't seen, I mean other than like the people that come through dark, I haven't seen a lot of like big new signings that were like, you know, like Warlow. Like we didn't know yeah. who Warlow was like on the indies because he wasn't a big indie name. But like anybody that has been signed recently, it's just somebody we've any, any, any three of us would have seen already, you know? And it's right. Yeah. And I don't know. So just, Maybe because WWE's just had a clamp on now, trying to get like legit athletes and um, ex football players and plucking college college football college athletes given the NIL deal. Maybe that maybe that shut down for them. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's oh, it'd be interesting. I, if if Jr. was in that role, um, if they transitioned that role, I, I wouldn't mean wouldn't be a bad deal. Um, maybe he just doesn't want the stress of it at his old age maybe that's that's probably why he's not doing it i don't know so yeah
1: can i <laughs> can i this is an old old dig that has just kind of stuck in my head and came up when you mentioned that the nil contracts mm-hmm. um and this is just again like the the weird like insane i shouldn't even like have this axe to grind but i just do um Talking about the NIL contracts once Joe Lanza, who's just out of touch about reality and stuff is like, yeah, most of the uh, people that WWE signs to NIL contracts are still in school. Most of not uh, all of them because it's specifically for signing college level athletes. Um, I just, I found that very funny when I was like most of them, you know, some of them aren't some of the times they sign NIL contracts to people who I guess aren't in college. That's not a thing that doesn't exist, but uh, that's always stuck in my brain. Either way, Quentin, I wanted to talk to you, and I don't know Jay if you watched it, or I guess you didn't watch anything from Dynamite. But Quentin, did you watch the main event from Dynamite?
3: Yeah, the, the side titles. Yeah. Yes.
1: Okay. Uh, this was fucking amazing. <laughs> this was so good. Like I loved this match. I thought that the way that it was, like the way that uh, it finished, was great. Um, the team Taz, Ricky Starks. Will Hobbs and Swerve Strickland and, and, uh Keith Lee, you know, Swerve in his glory feud has been built up. Great. These guys have insanely good chemistry together. You throw in other random teams, like for them to fight, you had them doing singles matches. I tweeted this one out, but they've only wrestled one just straight up two on two tag team match between the two teams. And this is turning into this insane rivalry. That's so much fucking fun to watch. Um, And you've barely scratched the surface on what they can do. And they can continue to do stuff like this where you throw any, basically throw any random team in there with them. You got Jungle Express or or the Young Bucks here. And you just get these in fucking crazy match. That's like spot fest, but like on another level with the two big powerhouses, the drama between that. Um, Ricky Starks is getting to the level where kind of Kingston was before they realized what they had there where Ricky Starks is so good and so over that like, they've got a star that they don't realize how big of a star he really is. And Hobbs, I've talked about Hobbs. So I thought that he was a guy who should be tearing it up on some indie scenes and getting, building that credibility to, to get to that next level. But he is authentically getting there on his own when he went off on that spine buster a thon and just kept spine bustering everybody onto Keith Lee. it was fucking crazy. It was so gnarly. Um, But yeah, Quentin, what did you think of this match?
3: Um, I'm glad that they kind of pivoted, uh, the, that the Bucks were used as transition champs here. I think there was. Yes. I think I think I think that was a really good use of them. And because the Bucks had so much credibility, that like made it like actually worried us. Like, oh my god, are they really going to do a whole Bucks reign and we're really going to get a third FTR and Bucks match? Which still might, which still could happen. But like, I, I like I like the use of them there. It's kind of it's kind of a diversion and teasing a breakup between Keith Lee and Swerve. And like usually with that kind of storyline, you know, if this was WWE, like you you know where that storyline's gonna go. But it doesn't. Then it works out, they get the titles, and you're right about the chemistry that Team Taz and uh Keith and Swerve have against each other. But adding in the bucks as these uh as these pinballs that you could that you that you could that you could use too that could do this stu- to that could do the stu- some of the stooging stu- stuff, but also and so added some spectacular things and also be these ragdolls you could throw around too like does a lot for both Keith Lee and, and, and Powerhouse Hobbs so I think that you're right I think there's more there I think that they should get like a, a, a prime main event spot on one of the te- on, on the television shows with uh, Swerving Our Glory versus Team Taz just straight up and let them go let them go out there and kill it and I'm with you on Ricky I think the powerhouse hob has come along super naturally, but Ricky is to the point where he feels like musty TV and he's not like breaking TV, but I feel like Eddie did, but it just feels like, Oh shit. Ricky Starks is on. And not a lot of people can generate that kind of momentum. And I think it's all a matter of giving Ricky the ball and whether that's a TNT title shot or whatever, like it's just a matter of giving Ricky that chance. But I think Ricky's done his job and what his uh, his job has been is getting Hobbs more over. I think that's effectively been Ricky's job and he's been been amazing at it. But I think it's time to move Ricky on to better things.
1: For sure. But there is the other side of that. You talked about a top main event spot on TV, but I mean, the thing, it always comes up. It's always in the back of my head from the beginning of this company, the young bucks saying, why can't the tag titles main event, right? Like, I think Strictly or uh, Swerve in his glory and Team Taz could be that feud that leads to a pay-per-view main event that is the tag team titles. Um, Because these four guys, like I said, they just have this amazing chemistry. They've been telling this story that's slow burning with them, and they can really come out here and just fucking deliver over and over again. And the storyline, I mean, I fucking hate the storyline of Keith Lee and Swerve. We talked about it when they both got signed where we said, like, this is the proof, the proof finally in the pudding to show like, is Tony Khan racist? Finally, we can finally put to bed is Tony Khan racist or not um, if he makes these guys stars. And then he put them in this tag team that felt like a WWE bullshit tag team that's set up to break up. And then the tease with the championship even in this match was great because it like really threw that the finally maybe felt like it was throwing that out the window um, even though it was a final tease of it. and uh, And the fact that like I can't just keep being mad at not liking the storyline because they keep delivering. I mean, this team is fucking great i got so worried because keith tweeted something out you know saying like this is all i can do for this match or whatever and it wasn't 100 clear he said got some bad news and the way he was saying it, i thought he was saying like he got he's out like he wasn't going to be in the match and then you know it comes to find out it was bad news for a, a friend of his who i guess got diagnosed with cancer and he was dedicating the match to them um which is obviously a bad thing, but I was concerned because it was like, where well, the way that this has been going, this has been so good. I was really hoping he wasn't out injured. Um, again, unfortunately a very negative thing to find out um, in a situation where it's kind of like in my head, it's feeling like, Oh good. Keith is in the match. Oh bad. One of his friends is you know sick. That sucks. Um, but either way, like these two teams building up to the main event together, feuding with each other, these two teams, like, proving that tag team wrestling can again be the main event just close out the show right now it's kind of tough because moxley is what he is but i could see a point where we could get there where they could be the you know the main event with them and uh and the way that it's building and i think that yeah it's like it's one of those feuds that takes like a mid card act and develops them into main eventers it feels like that off of just like the the chemistry that they all have with each other um so yeah uh otherwise oh go ahead
2: no, I was going to say I think the the main event if if uh, if AEW is doing like the pay per views like like in the first year like Fight for the Fallen or you know Fighter Fest is now on TV but if they did those pay per views like those free pay per views they did in like on Bleacher Report Live or something like that then I think they would have it a shot but looking at this rest of the schedule you have All Out and I think that would be Punk versus Mox because um, Punk kind of t- he's on an Instagram story that he's, he's back riding on a, on a bike. So he's rehabbing. And so I think we'll get that, but I think full gear that's at the end of the year, I think full gear would be the one. And that might be FTR bucks. If the bucks get the tiles back, if not, then you could do swerve, swerve and leave versus FTR. Um, I think just I just me thinking like long term down the road that has to be the one main event with the with the tag team titles um, whether it's FTR Bucks or FTR of Swerve and and, and Lee or FTR versus um, Team Taz it's got it's got to be any of those combinations that's going to be a yeah. full gear
1: Yeah it's probably going to be it's probably going to be FTR the way that they're being positioned I understand that but you know it's just a bummer cuz these two these two teams are so good with each other It uh, feels like they deserve it but FTR has been great too um i guess i don't know you guys want to talk about that ROH pay-per-view at all that's coming up
3: uh, do you have the card in front of you
1: i don't i was just it's just I could pull, it I could pull, okay, pull it up i can pull it up in a second i don't uh, don't know how much i really even care about it but we can if you guys wanted to
3: um, I saw people. I saw plenty of people saying this is like the best ROH card on paper in a while. But I just, have, I have it in front of me now. Uh, I mean, so I've, I've, well, what, I've does that, me.
1: what does that mean? What does the best ROH card in a while really mean? I guess you could tell me what's what's on it.
3: Uh, so so far, I don't know if there's more that got more that more that hasn't uh, been said since uh the before the cage match has on here. It says Mercedes Martinez versus Serena Deeb, Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal, Willie Uta versus Daniel Garcia. FTR versus the Briscoes. Okay. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I guess that does have some good stuff there. That's re- that's really uh, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. not
2: mad at the card at all. Yeah. No, uh,
1: I like I like stuff like Jay versus Samoa Joe for like not only is it something that I want to see, um, but it plays into the history of ROH still, even though it's you know, this new thing. So that's kind of cool, you know, like something like that. Um is nice. Uh, Yuda and Garcia obviously should be awesome. They've had great matches before. I wonder what this pure title looks like if they do the same rules or, or, or not.
3: Um, did you say what the Gresham match is? I didn't. I don't know if that's been announced yet. Okay.
2: Yeah, um, I think this, yeah. I think you'll find out Friday. The yeah, because yeah. Oh,
1: because Grisham is wrestling Moriarty on Friday, right? Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, I don't know if I care about spoiler. Do you know? Do, do they say? Do you know, Jay?
2: Um, I do. I saw it in the Slack, so I don't know if oh, okay. we right, can okay. say it. So I don't know if we.
3: Well, no. Uh, look,
2: oh. Spo-
3: look, spoiler. Spoiler, spoiler alert! Yeah. If, if so, we're about to. If anyone cares, yeah, but yeah. What? What is it?
1: Uh, Claudia.
3: Oh, oh shit, really? yes, 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 yes. Oh yes. that's oh yeah, okay, yeah. That's okay, yeah. The R wage Garden, like yeah.
2: Yeah, that's why people are saying like I'm I it sucks because I'm gonna um I was thinking about the, the Garden State um wrestling show that's I think that's sold out anyway, but I kinda wanted to go see Takashita versus uh Josh Alexander, but um yeah. but it's the same night as this so I'm probably gonna stay home and watch the regular Potter show. so
1: can I, can I say that I'm really annoyed by that Garden State wrestling uh, because their graphics look really similar to prestige and West Coast Pro wrestling. So every time I see something from them I keep thinking it might be something here in Southern California and it, <laughs> I get excited and then I realize it's Garden State. It's like s- it's been really getting on my nerves.
2: aren't are they related? I don't I don't know maybe. I, in... I don't think so. Maybe okay. the same
1: person is doing the art, but it looks really fucking similar. Like, it looks like it could be... Every time I see it, I'm like, oh, it looks like it could be a Prestige, you know, announcement. And it's, like, kind of shocking because, you know, it's good matches. So, I'm like, God damn, Prestige wrestling booking good matches. What the fuck? Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it uh, repeatedly has gotten me.
2: Yeah, because I saw the, the... the You guys saw the Joan Kiona got announced for West Coast Pro yeah. Deadlocked and Garden State. Um, yeah. I don't know where it's going to – because if it's in Newark, like, parking is going to be a bitch for me, but I'll probably sure. try try to go. But if it's in – I know their second show is in Monroe. That's probably – it's going to be farther away from me, but it's, I'll, I'll find parking. So i will probably be easier for me to drive drive there. And I don't know. So – but it's – but, yeah, the, the stuff – I. I thought they were all affiliated with each other, but maybe it looked like it, right? But uh, I know. Yeah, well, I know. is it is Prestige like working with West Coast Pro or yeah, they've
1: worked together? They did a, a couple joint shows and they've like, yeah, they've, okay. they've worked together. They're you know, how closely are they related? And uh, West Coast Pro's got the King of Indies coming up, which I, I, oh, I guess actually let's finish this ROH segment, huh? Um, any other thoughts on the ROH pay per view? I'm kind of excited to watch it. Do you think we get any kind of big announcements coming out of this on what the fuck ROH is? Because this pay per view felt like it got announced out of nowhere and like felt like random. It feels like it's got to be. There's got to be more to this, right? What do you What do you guys think?
3: Uh, I would hope. I would hope so. Um, Unlike unless we're going to make Ring of Honor like a PWG style supercar promotion, which I'd be fine with. But sure. I think I th- I feel like there has been there has been uh well there should be more coming up or that might get announced in the coming weeks or even on the show itself, because uh, Tony has been very, very quiet on ROH run. Yeah. It, ROH, all...
1: It's a DVD product. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and also like just dynamite, this dynamite rampage. It seems like there's a lot of ring of honor storylines. And I know you have to do it for, for, for the pay-per-view to just promote it, but it seemed like a, it's a lot just plugged in. So, I hope my my big hope is that they get a TV deal, maybe like on True TV or something, just so they could get a regular TV deal, just in, a weekly TV deal, so they could they could do stuff. But um, but maybe maybe TK uh, figured out a way to hey, maybe on Bleacher Report or something like that, where it's like before you know before. Like if you were on streaming, it'd be a, like a killer, you know. You know, back in the TNA days when they were put off Fox Sports, Fox Sports one it was kind of grim, but like now in 2022, it wouldn't be wouldn't be that bad for them to be on just streaming and yeah. on Big Bleacher Report, something like that. But um, it would honestly be a
1: smart move. Yeah, really. Yeah. Because I think streaming is going to be. Streaming is going to be a big part of the next contract negotiations for this stuff for wrestling. WWE, I think their contract comes up earlier and with everything that's going on, who fucking knows? Especially, you know, with Netflix backing out of the um the Vince doc. It does seem like that's a that's a potential, you know, person offering any kind of a contract to WWE that might be off the table. Cause if they're if they are have it in their memory that they just had to step away from a project because of, you know, the toxicness of Vince, are they gonna wanna you know, buy any of his shows or whatever. Um, and for AEW to, you know, or for Tony Khan, I guess we should say, cause AEW is separate from ROH and Tony Khan and everything to kind of fire the first salvo of, of having a streaming service actually connected to, to uh, his product. I mean, I guess you got Peacock purchasing the network, but that's a little bit different, like having a, uh, a weekly program or whatever, uh, that is exclusively on a streaming service, you know, would be a good move for them and a step in the right direction for like what the future is going to be. It's almost like, like I said, kind of similar to um, to when Vince started the network and streaming was still kind of new, like seeing in that direction, being like, okay, like this company is going to be a streaming company might be not the worst idea um, for a major wrestling promotion to be a streaming company. I don't know. We'll see. It would, it would definitely be, not the worst thing. Bleacher Report, unfortunately I fucking think sucks shit, so I hope it's not Bleacher Report, but I get where you're coming from. And hopefully they fix the tech. Um, you've heard me recently on here complaining about tech and how these fucking companies don't understand that that's like the first thing. we need the... The tech should work. That's the most important part. The, the yes. comes second, You know? Your but UI should it. work.
2: <laughs> Your user yeah. interface should work. Yep.
1: Yeah. That's the part that people care about the most. Like, again, like Twitter didn't become popular because it had all the celebrities on it, right? Twitter became popular because it was easy to use, um, you know, like that was kind of the the thing, even if back in the day it was kind of shitty. Um, it was still easy to use compared to like a blog or a, a message board or whatever. Um, and then the celebrities started showing up and then it becomes cool and all that, but you don't start out with the celebrities and not have a fucking interface that works. Um, either way, ROH, any other thoughts? Mo- can we move forward?
3: Uh, I think we're good. Let's talk about Stardom.
1: No, let's talk about West Coast Pro, the coast. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> no, but I actually, I skimmed through this, and I would say that this was actually a really good West Coast Pro show. I'm kind of bummed that uh, we're not reviewing it, but then I I, I rem- reminded myself, like, the reason why this felt like a good West Coast Pro show was because I skipped through stuff and didn't feel the need to watch everything because we weren't yes. reviewing it, right? <laughs> so, but I will say, Titus Alexander versus Jack Cartwheel, this is the kind of match that Titus Alexander should be in him trying to go 50 50 with like big time famous celebrity rest, like superstars of indie wrestling and stuff like this and proving himself and doing all that. Not what he's good at bullying, a smaller guy who does most of the flips and he does some spots here and there, but isn't like, like trying to show off as much and all this and that, not his, you know, that's like the perfect spot for Titus Alexander Um, on the show. They announced, so, West Coast Pro already announced that they're doing King of Indies and Dragon Gate was going to be involved. This was the thing I was going to mention. They also announced here the guy from Rev Pro came out, um, different Revolution Pro or whatever from the from Northern California, and said Noah is going to be part of of the King of Indies. Huh. So the King of Indies is going to have Dragon Gate and Noah participants, which is pretty fucking wild, right?
2: Wait, 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 wait! You said the North, like uh, Rev Pro from Northern California.
1: Yes.
2: You think it's Thatcher?
1: Oh, I guess that would make sense. That if it would was make Thatcher sense. Thatcher representing King of Indies, yeah. Because he's been in the King of Indies before, and I guess Simon Gotch, right? You could do Gotch, Thatcher. Yeah. So it'd be be the, the, those
2: yeah. those guys from Noah, yeah.
3: And then, well, like uh, La, La Australia. Uh, oh, because
1: he's on uh, excursion, right? Yeah, he's in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You, so you you could, yeah, you can yeah you can maybe get last La and I don't know that that would be that be interesting I guess yeah no yeah I mean I mean it is
1: what it is it, I was like oh yeah who would they get from Noah if it's Thatcher that would be very funny but uh you know whatever they still get the Noah branding on the show I guess um, so there's those like I said that's that kind of stuff Lawler and Fatu Jacob Fatu this was really good felt like Lawler getting ready for um for G one. Kind of kind of vibe, you know, wrestling against Fatu here it did make me think, damn, dude, Jacob Fatu would like fit right into G1. I mean, we've talked about it, but but how good he really is, um, and uh, yeah, like he would he would fit right in there. Um, and uh, the main event, former guest of the show and current, I guess, New Japan in Japan superstar um, Royce Isaacs and his partner Jarell Nelson taking on the Motor City Machine Guns was also really good. So uh, yeah, like I said easy show to watch um even if uh even if uh you know like i said skip around a little bit and kind of do all that and not uh not watch the entire show from the beginning to the end
2: um, i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to check out that show because uh yeah. i like i like i like west coast wrecking crew um i've yeah. started seeing them on strong they're, re- they're really good um they are yeah <laughs> um We've talked but, about it on here they're pretty yeah. they're a pretty
1: good team yeah
2: yeah. And then you talk about Jack Carville. I haven't, the most I've seen him is him sh- showing up in Gleet in A. <laughs> yeah. So, so I haven't, haven't watched, I haven't watched, I'm, you know, me, I haven't watched much of the Indies, but I'm trying to get into it more, especially now they're booking all these show She talent um, throughout right. the Indies, but um, yeah, I want to I want to check out West coast pro. Uh, cause I, cause I actually want to see what, what, cause I've heard you guys talk about Titus Alexander And how, like, his faults Where his faults are and stuff And I've never really seen him, seen perform So I want to see him, see him firsthand. So
1: Yeah, I would definitely recommend this This is an easy show to watch Um,
3: Um, sorry, sorry, excuse me Um, Kurt Stallion's and Noah? Yes Yes Huh
1: And I, I've made this joke a couple different places already But I'm pretty sure that Mike Elgin ran away Because he didn't want to have to share a locker room with Kurt Stallion again Um
3: Okay,
1: <laughs> you know, with with these that guy's some, reputation,
3: these are some these are some interesting, uh, interesting foreigners that they brought in.
1: Yeah, Noah is really getting, but I mean, Noah has always brought in some of the weirder. Foreigners, oh, oh, oh right? yeah,
3: for sure. Just, this suggests just
1: Ricky Marvin. Oh. Like we all know Ricky Marvin now, right? But when they brought him in, it was fucking weird. Quiet storm. What the fuck? You know what I mean?
3: No, no, um, of cu- of course, based in yeah. everything. Like of course, like. But it's just weird to look at this and see Rene Dupree, Anthony Green, Hell yeah. Kurt Stallion, Elgin Thatcher, Uh, Gotch, and Ninja obviously, Mac. Yeah, Yeah, No, You, know, Hell you yeah. know, You know, Super crazy, still pops in, still pops into Japan every year. Rob Van Dam, you like, What yeah. the fuck is going on here?
1: They did the what was it the ECW tribute match that they just did it was Rob Van Dam and Masato Tanaka against um oh God who was it it was someone in Nosawa I'm trying to think of who it is but uh, yeah they did like a ECW tribute match did uh, they I oh, did they? Okay. yeah on the recent show so yeah they're 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 uh, they're definitely Noah is definitely going all out with the being weird. Uh, at this point, they're just like, fuck it. No is about to get fired or is fired. And uh, they're just like, we're just going to really burn this thing down. But um, well, I guess they can't because Cyber Agent is too big of a company for it to even matter. It's all a drop in the bucket, really. Um, all right. One more thing before we hit stardom. <laughs> Quentin, did you watch uh, Uncharted Territory? Or I guess I should ask Jay, did either of you watch Uncharted Territory?
2: No. I did not. No. Okay.
1: Uh, I saw good Tokyo Drift. <laughs> okay okay we could talk a little bit about that i didn't watch any of it but uh, yeah feel free um decent episode nothing great uh anthony henry and alan angels is definitely worth watching adam priest mad dog Connolly, also worth watching um Youngblood young blood was actually really good uh these guys i guess they were like they've been a tag team and, and kind of connected at the hip um up until this point so uh that was they were really good together um you know, otherwise there's some storyline stuff. Jaden Newman Effie was decent. It reminded me of old Effie when I could actually stand watching him wrestle. So that was nice. Um, and they kind of intentionally, I think, did that because the whole point of the match was that Effie and Jaden have known each other for a long time. Um, so yeah, otherwise, uh, you know, decent episode worth worth checking out. But, uh, you know, again, the main mainly those two matches are the best thing that you got going on there. Uh, tag team match with with Damian Tangra and Merrick Donovan versus uh, Kane, Alex Kane and Shug D was pretty good too. Um, all right. Tokyo Joshi pro feel free. Uh, <laughs> JML. If you got anything to say.
2: Um, It was an okay show. Um, I remember talking to you, Quentin. You think uh, Rika Tatsumi is the drizzling shits. Uh, she is not. That's correct. Um, he's not
3: she's anymore. Not, he, he's not anymore.
2: Not anymore, but still not great. So I'd say passable um she faced um uh big kaiju uh now i'm forgetting her name now people are gonna yell at me um in the main event (laughs) it was a decent match uh let me pull up the card for a second um but uh at the same time the one that expressed me the most was uh me watanabe versus uh re Mi tsunami I thought that was the best match on the show um, originally she was supposed to face Willow Nightingale but Willow had uh, visa issues so she couldn't make it over um, but I think Tokyo Jersey Pro they should strap the rocket onto to Watanabe, um, just because she's she's a really good baby face she's not all the way there as a worker um, she's still young uh, but just it's she's really good underneath baby face and the giant swing super over um so to me i think they should they should shut the rocket to her and make her a main eventer but i don't know why they don't um because because beginning of the show they do the up up girls um performance and it usually takes like 10 minutes or something like that um but she's usually the highlight of the show because she's like the lead singer and everything like that. So, and the crowd really, because this show um, it was half capacity, but it was at Odaward city and um, they allowed cheering for the first time all year um, for, for a Tokyo joshu pro show. And I really got to find out who's over and who's not. And um, Mia Watanabe is over. Um, Thunder Rosa, surprisingly, she's really when she came back she's done W Choshi Pro before but she came back she got a really good reaction and it was at points was more over than me Yamashida uh, which kind of surprised me um Alex Windsor she came out to crickets but she won she beat Makito Ito is Maki Ito always over um, but I'll, I'll it's interesting to see what Alex Windsor does um she's a good she's good it was first first I think I saw her a couple times before but it was really the first time I saw her. To, in an a match, and she was she was decent here. Um, other than that, uh, it's a passable show, I would say. Um, like Magical Sugar Rabbits versus Saketai and UKI was was okay. Um, other than that, um, you know, Tokyo Pro, I I dip, I helicopter in from time to time, not you know just to give it a shot and. It doesn't meet my expectation, but other people, other people love it. So, um, yeah.
3: But so you you meant to uh, you're you're blanking on Shoko Nakajima.
2: That's your yes, yes. Shok- Shoko Nakajima. Yeah, so.
3: I do. I, I do like Shoko. So, like, maybe I'll give the main event a chance. Maybe I, I'll, I'll see, but I'll, t- I'll take your word that Rika has gotten a little bit better. So, if I'm looking at this, then like, I probably look at the Mew tonight. I match Mew, uh Uh, Miyu uh, Yamashita versus Thunder Rosa and I'll try the main event probably but that's about it I'm I'm, I'm the same way with Tokyo Joshi Pro I've said it that Miyu is like the only like really really good wrestler on the roster I do like I do like Yuka I do like Yuka and uh I think Mizuki has gotten better and I do like Shoko but i am always like Miyu is just far and away the best wrestler there to the point where it's always like super glaring. So like but, uh, but I'm always open to like the wrestlers on the roster improving. Like I want them to improve.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you don't if you don't want to waste your time like for the listeners out there, um and Watanabe and Thunder Rosa was on a W Dark um this week along with the pack and um Shoto Mino, Mino match. So if you want to see the match from the show I was talking about, you can watch it there.
1: Can I ask you guys, Miyu Yamashita, I've seen her a little bit, and I don't remember if I talked about this or not, but I saw her have a dark match at the AEW show here in L.A., and I just, I don't know, maybe she was off there, but I really did not see it, like, um, especially because people really push, like, her kicks, and they look great and all this, and just live in the building, um, it just, they came across really soft and a little sloppy. Like, I don't know, it's, it's like, am I... Am I wrong to think that, like, the kicking thing is her thing? Because I feel like that's what I feel it, like you are
3: saying. It is her thing. That probably was just an off night. Like, I've seen her, she's... Her, her stuff usually... JML, I, I, I don't know if he's going to agree with me as much. Her stuff usually looks pretty thorough and smooth.
2: Yeah, yeah. It might have just been a bad bad night. Yeah,
1: um, it might have been a bad night, and she was in, you know, in in L.A., like, flying out to fucking California randomly.
3: You, you, know. And you, know, and you know how, like... The perception is Americans don't want to hit hard, so yeah, that's true. you you, you, over, you over you overcompensate and maybe like go a little bit too far in the other direction. Like, it could it could have been a couple a couple of things, but Mew is yeah, I I, I okay. do think the world of her. She there, there's a reason why we did the pandemic uh, top fifty. I'm pretty sure she was on my list.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, all right, stardom. Let's uh, <laughs> let's finally get to the. Uh... Get to the, the the main event here that we were supposed to be talking about uh, from the beginning, I guess. Um, I finally found like some uh, translation stuff, so maybe I got some background here. But I think uh, I'll lean on you guys a little bit to get a little bit more background. Um, it's the Midsummer Champions, right? Is that the name of the show? Yeah. Uh, yep. And um, I don't know. I guess we just start out. Open it up. There's a dark match. I don't know if the dark match was available on Stardom World or something, but I didn't see it.
2: I didn't see it. Um, yeah, I wasn't yeah. on the show.
1: Okay. Um, and then the first match is Hanan versus Waka Takayumi.
2: Sukiyama. Uh,
1: Sukiyama. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's completely off. I don't know how I how I butchered it that bad. Um, this match really did very little for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? I
3: thought this, a, man I think it was I thought, it was, I, thought it was, I thought it was fun though. Uh I thought I think Hanan is she keep she keeps improving and and if you're not watching whole stardom shows and you're kind of like just not seeing her devel- development because you're not getting like a bunch of super prominent spots but I think that she's definitely improved a lot over over the last year and Sukiyama is a good older wrestler to put to put her in to put her in there with And I I thought this was, I thought this was fine. I didn't think that this, uh, you know, didn't do, didn't do a ton for me, but I did leave away, like kind of impressed with, uh, with Hanan. I don't know.
2: Um, with Hanan, I think she's really, um, held it down for the future Stardom title, uh, with these, with these, basically she's stuck in the openers. She's done a really good job since she won the belt in December. Um, it was, it was a good, it was okay match because, uh, storyline was that um waka it's she has not won a match in stardom yet and there was a couple of times she they got the crowd to bite on her finishes um you know, i think the crowd's really getting behind her mm. um we won't i don't <laughs> do you want me to mention the the blackface incident that happened before the night before or please <laughs> i do uh, <laughs> So the night before they had uh their new blood show, uh it's basically like their uh their version of Lions Break, um, where they bring in like outside wrestlers and they're basically young wrestlers. And for Waka, she faced um Show, Ram And Ramkaicho, you know, if you ever seen her, she's got the white face paint with the black, you know, the black uh rings around her eyes. She looks like um, if you've ever seen Dead Presence, the face paint that they had, um, she has that. So what Waka does, um, because in the press conference, they were, th- she was throwing powder at her and blinding her and uh, threw powder at uh, Rossio Gala, which was funny enough. But uh, what Waka did, because she's the moon child, she painted her, painted her face black and put white uh, rings around her eyes oh, and lips. wow. And it really looked bad. So, <laughs> so <laughs> basically, basically, it kind of horrified a lot of the English-speaking um, stardom fans on when it happened live. But uh, the next night, she goes out and has this, this match with Hanan. And it's basically the best match of her life um, because she's not really the best best not really one of the best workers. she's probably at the bottom in terms of, of workers in stardom but
3: she's probably um, like down like probably like down there with uh wakashima right
2: uh yeah but even with Saki Kashima she's she's it's it's a charm to her um, yeah so and I and she's a lot more over with the the Japanese audience than she has with the with the english-speaking audience but she's booked like a look like a jobber so um but yeah, with Waka, she's not. She's the story with her is she's trying to get her first win, and then keep, She keeps on trying, keeps on trying, because um, even even with this match uh, coming together, um, she lost the match at Hurricane on the same the same night that uh, you guys talked about the uh, the Tam Natspoy rematch. Uh, she had a match with um, Starlight Kid, and she lost that, and. and uh hanan basically basically came out and challenged her saying like i want you to have this match and she was like i haven't won any matches and she was like i don't care i just want want you to have a good match like have a match with me and that's what that's what happened so too much on the first match i, I talked way too much about
1: please please time, so. I, I appreciate it for sure um and you mentioned uh, saki kashima i wanted to ask you some questions about her when we get to that match in a second actually um uh, following this up, the next match is a tag team match. This one was a little bit... Um, I guess I maybe have some questions here. or Just want to figure out what the fuck was going on. Um, we got God's Eye, which I guess is the Shuri's new unit, right? Um, uh, Amy, Shuri, and Marai. Sure, I guess, maybe. Um, did... Mirai was the one who came from Donna Del Mondo with Shuri to start this new faction, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. And then Queen's Quest, uh, Miyu, uh, Amasaki, and Utami Hayashida. Um, And I just felt like there was like a weird kind of brawl in the middle of the match that felt like very particularly like, maybe like storyline centric or was like intentional between, uh, Amy, is it Shurei, yeah sure, Yes, um, and, right. Yeah. And, uh, Utami that felt like very heated and felt like it was something like it was intentional. Like there's something behind that. Um, I really liked it cause it definitely added a lot of depth to the story and made it feel like there was something going on there, but I'm not familiar and didn't follow it. Uh, Jay, what, uh, what, what am, am I missing something there? Or was it just like that the match was, they, those two just have good chemistry and, and kick each other's asses, or is there more story to that?
2: Uh, the more story to it, I mean, they do have good chemistry, but the story to it is that they want to be the number one power fighter, whatever. That's, that's what they call the like the power wrestlers, and sure. they just came out with a skit yesterday, because I don't know if you guys know, um, next week they're having another, another two back-to-back cards, this one called Stardom and Showcase, it is their version. It's gonna be it, it looks like it's gonna be their version of DDT like street like street matches. Um but for for this one in particular, they did a skit on they put a video out on social media, um basically her her and Utami getting into it saying they were the number one power fighter. And then all of a sudden, um was it Micah? Micah came up and said, Hey, what's going on? And they they said like, Well, we're we're trying to see who's the number one power fighter. And she's like, well, I'm the number one power fighter. And they just go into it. And then, then, uh, uh, big side, Sy, she comes in and she, she chops everybody and rips her shirt off. Um, <laughs> she had stuff on under it, but, um, she, she says she's the number one power fighter. So they have a, uh, a match called power and tower where it's a three-way tag match. Um, it's going to be Saida and Ami versus Lady C and Tommy and I think uh, Mike and Emeka. Um, so they basically put all the bigger wrestlers in one match. So... That's that's why. Uh,
1: so doing a monster mash uh, three way tag. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so that was the point. There was supposed to be like two, like a beefy badass fight, and they couldn't be contained in the confines of this tag team wrestling match. That these two just wanted to fuck each other up, which makes sense, I guess. It it definitely, uh, it definitely came across, even not knowing. I didn't know. This kind of led me down a path, basically trying to figure this out, looking up the um, translations and all of this stuff down a path of finding out about uh, Utami's history on like a reality TV show um, and how yeah. the show was like really popular in Japan. and I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I, I didn't remember this.
2: Yeah, so when she got brought in and started in stardom, um, a lot of people uh, knew her because she's um, like her, her dad was like a nickname Big Daddy. And it was a yeah. reality show where I forgot how many kids he's got. Like it,
1: I think it was uh, like nine kids.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like it was like the Japanese equivalent of like Kate plus eight and stuff like that. So
1: Yeah. Um
2: so she was she was uh pretty popular. I remember her first match, it was ironically it was with Jungle Kiona. They it sold out, so that's why it was kind of important to, to her to be signed and I mean, now she's more popular just being a wrestler, but before, yeah, like she was known as like one of one of Big Daddy's kids. So, right. she's um, kind of
1: like the Miz of stardom.
2: Better worker, I'd say. <laughs>
1: I,
3: I'd say for sure.
1: Yeah, uh, those,
3: that, that much a of joke? a better worker. That much of a better worker. I'm sure, sure. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, I, I, sure. I know a lot of people like Miz, and he's. He's, i i I have no problem against it it's just i like, i don't i don't i'd rather watch you tommy than him
3: the check check the phone check.
2: Yeah, you forget JML that uh,
1: when Quinton really cut his teeth on the wrestling online landscape as part of the Miz Defense Force, he was, he was part of the group of people who said Miz was the goat, you know. Uh, I don't I don't remember the, about that. I don't remember this no. part of the story at all. It was more Trask. It was it was that was Trask was definitely the yes. spearhead of the the Miz uh the Miz Lover Brigade. I, I think um,
3: I think Miz was on the top 15 2016. I'm pretty sure. Sure. Yeah, that was uh, a I'm pretty pretty sure. I, yeah. yeah, pretty sure I had Miz on there, but uh oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Um Quentin, did you want to talk about this match? Because oh, no, was... neither of us have actually
3: I, mean, I, thought it was, I thought it was fun. Honestly, like this is probably like the match I had the least thoughts on. I watched it and I thought that there were like good interactions between everyone. I will I think Marai and uh Usami could have like a re- could have like really, really good chemistry um eventually. And I would love to see them in bigger programs and spots with each other. But otherwise I didn't have a, I didn't know much to say about this match. Like It was there, it happened, but it wasn't, like, the most fun thing or wasn't the most, like, notable thing for me.
1: Yeah. You talk about the most fun thing, this next match is one of those matches that's, like, more fun than it is good. Yeah. But that's fine. You know, sometimes you need that on the card. Um, I was hoping, I was expecting and hoping for something better, but realistically, you get what you get here. Uh, Oedo Tai of uh, Fukuyangath Arena. Uh, Ruka and Saki Kashima versus the Stars team of Hazuki, uh, Hazuki Kaguma, Mayui Otani, and Saya is Ida, Ida? Ida. Um, yeah. Ida? Ida. Uh, the, I guess the si- giant saya, the one that people big si- uh, b- b- smirch on our side. Good side. Yeah.
3: <laughs> good Saya. We, we can call her good saya. Hey,
1: hey, 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 hey. Nah, I cannot, I can't go with good Saya,
3: unfortunately. I, 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 I like Saya like Kamatani, but people yeah. the, our friends, our friends call her good Saya.
1: Okay, that's fair. Um, but uh yeah, um I did want to ask, okay, number one, Rena comes out, and I've heard people say that Rossi and stardom in general like to just take wrestlers and basically give them other people's gimmicks, looks, their whole thing. Rena came out and I was just like completely like thinking like, are they, was she supposed to be B Priestley? Like she looks like she's supposed to be B Priestley. Like they gave her her entire kind of thing. Um, so I wasn't sure if that was like just me. Um, and then the question I wanted to ask Jay, and maybe, Clinton, you know this, but just wanted to ask Jay, is there a reason why, uh, is it known why Saki Kashima took like five years off in the middle of her career?
2: I don't, I don't remember. I do, I, off the top of my head, I don't know. Maybe it was for kickboxing, I don't know. Okay. No, I'm, I'm. you know, I'm thinking Arisa, Arisa Hoshiki. Yeah, I don't okay. know. Yeah, I gotta look it's, at-
1: just, it's just. It's just interesting because compared to all the other women, like she's older, she's been wrestling longer than a lot of other girls in stardom, but obviously it doesn't show because she like didn't wrestle for like five years in the middle of her career, basically. Um, So it's just like, oh, that's interesting. Like, because she doesn't really stand out as being a veteran or being older than all the other girls. But then you've got like on her team, Rena, who's like 15 years old and been wrestling for like you know three years or whatever um and uh and she doesn't look that much out of place right next to her so you would think the veteran like Saki kashima has been wrestling as long as mayu Iwatani. now mayu is amazing but like that's crazy to think about when you compare them because Kasima doesn't look like she's anywhere near that level, you know, so that's why I was like, huh, that's odd, and then I looked into it, and I was like, oh, she just didn't wrestle for, like, five years, I don't know, so I was just wondering what the deal was there.
2: Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of, it was, like, there was a lot of, a lot of people that have been, like, on this card, actually, like, and even in this match, Hazuki took, she's done two retirements, like, Koguma did a, she did a retirement, like, when she was, oh, she was, like, yeah. 17 or 18, like it just yeah. it's just it just happens. Um with sure, sure. Especially in that time. time. Yeah. It, it, it but is
3: like, a long so, time. It, but like Har- Har- Arisa Hoshiki is like like she was always poised to be uh to be a star, then left, was doing other things, then came back, then left again. Like it just it, it just it just like happens with uh women's wrestling in Japan. Sure
1: sure sure um either way like i said this match was fun um it wasn't it never really got into like being a good wrestling match there was a lot going on uh both teams kind of showed off their their stuff doing their kind of colors and their poses and all their different things um but nothing uh nothing great but again a lot of fun and like i'm not i don't i don't hate it i love stuff like this but uh you know not a like a great wrestling match but i don't know what do you guys think
3: it was super fun um my main takeaway was how much i loved uh the Kaguma and Fukugen death uh yes stuff. I thought I thought that was really cute and fun and I love and I love that. Uh, I think Kaguma rules and I would like to see her do more stuff, but I get it. She's not like a main a main priority right now, but she's always a bright spot for any type of match that she's in. I thought this was super fun. All
1: right, cool. Um Jay, what would you think?
2: Uh same. Um yeah. to get back to your point with the arena, like SB beat Priestley. It like, like, had me thinking, because um, it's funny because it will translate to the next match. Um, I didn't think that, but when she got on the mic, and I guess I'm spoiling it if you haven't watched it, after, after the next match, she reminded me of Hana. And it was weird because like okay. her voice and her diction just sounded straight like Hana Kimura. I know she... Um, she was basically like her understudy before she passed. So it kind of freaked me out because I wasn't I wasn't paying attention. Um but we'll get to we'll get to the match but we'll get to the match when, when we talk about it. But yeah, that's that's what it reminded me of. But the dark lipstick and stuff, yeah, I guess I guess she it's like the hair the,
1: Yeah. The hair is the same, the makeup is the same, the gear is similar. I was just like, Yeah, you know. And honestly, not even like B... When she was in stardom, but like B right now is Blair Davenport, you know, like a little bit more. Um, Either way. The next match is I think the match we're talking about here, uh, Momo Kogo versus Azumi. Um, I love these high speed title matches, but uh, I don't know. Quentin, I feel like uh, I've been hogging up the show. What do you have to uh, what do you have to say about this?
3: This is good. I feel like this is probably on like the lesser uh lesser end of the recent high speed title matches that we that we have been getting that have been like probably like the most some of the most noteworthy worthy stuff in stardom this year this is still good and i think that anything with involving azumi has a really really high floor because she is great and is someone that's going to be like the future of This uh, the future of this company one day if she, stay, if she stays with stardom but i thought th- i thought this was great i thought Momo Kogo, well, I thought she was great in it. Momo Kogo had a, a few sloppy moments, and they tried the best to cover up for it, but she wasn't exactly great, and maybe not ready for this spot. Or could have been an off night. I don't think she's usually as sloppy as she was here, but I still, I still enjoyed it. Uh, and for sure, on the lesser end of uh, the, of the high speed stuff that we've been getting lately.
1: Sure, I could definitely see when you compare it that way, but I do think, and we'll talk about the post match that Jay has already spoiled, so I don't feel bad for bringing it up uh, before we get to it. Unfortunately, this is just on you, Jay, not me. I am I have good manners and I'm a good boy. Um, that uh, when Rena talked about uh, when Rena talked about that everyone in the high speed title is all, all they ever talk about is Natsupoy, Izumi and uh, Kaguma. Um, that like this was kind of the thing that really. I think maybe stands out for when you're talking about how good Azumi is, is that Momo Coco here is not like someone who's like on that level of those three, but she was able to have like a pretty close to that level and get her into the zone where it was like, this is a, you know, this definitely resembled those other high speed title matches if it wasn't as good. So again, Azumi really good at this style and able to do it with basically anyone. It seems we'll see. Hopefully she's able to continue to have a, have good high speed title matches and maybe her and Rena can do something here, but Jay feel free. The floor is yours. Talk about the match and explain the back, the after match stuff that you were hinting at earlier.
2: Okay. So with the high speed match, I, I agree with you guys. I, I really liked it. It was a couple of spots. Um, I thought they were really creative. Like uh, when Izumi got on the top around on, on the turnbuckle and turned around and when Kogo did the six one nine kicker on off, off the turnbuckle, I thought that was Thought that was pretty cool, um, but other than that, um, you know, when I saw Momo Kogo, she had a match with Hanan a couple of months ago for the future, the Future Storm title. I I was kind of impressed. I was like, oh, you know, she could she could be a, a, good, a good solid mid carder, um, and she's just I like the progressions she's coming coming through. Um, you know, she needs to work more. You know, she's working on every show, but um, I think with it's 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 I think um, even though it's not at the at the the caliber that Azumi has, has been doing with the other high speed IFC matches, I think this it was this worked fine and um, it's just they tried a lot of different stuff that 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 I appreciate like like I like when people try stuff. i might it might not land, but um, I I always give I always uh, like like people trying, um, but. You know, Zumi. I've I've said it before. Um, if she sticks around next year, years, she's going to be the best women's wrestler on the planet. I, I truly believe that. Um, but you know, when the won, and after the match, out of nowhere, Rena comes out and the double stomps her. <laughs> as soon as the bell, as soon as she the bell rings and she's trying to hold the, she's trying to trying to get up. There's Rena coming off the top rope with a double stomp. Um, and in that, in I was just like, "What? What the hell?" And then I look up and, and like I said before, when she started talking, it sounded like Hanakamura, which kind of freaked me out because it was this, it was like same tone, same diction. Um, because before she has maybe maybe her voice changed overnight, or whatever. But I never never heard her like sound like this. Um, and I think she's, I don't know, I don't think she'll win the high speed title coming up. But um, I think she's going to be poised to be next couple of years be one of the stars, you know. Pardon the pun in stardom. I think they're setting up Rena to do a lot of big things, and this is going to be a big moment for her with this uh, high speed match.
1: Yeah, no, and that you're right. That postman, I meant to, I meant to mention that talking of the match, but that post match double stop came out of nowhere and was so fucking wild. Like that was so. That was great the camera framing and the way that it came out of nowhere just effortless and random like that was nuts that was so cool so yeah that was definitely a good way to to punctuate her then coming or to you know, I guess exc- exclamate um, her coming out that and starting the promo and I will say like I don't I don't have the same familiarity with Hanakamura's Kimura's promos I mean I don't I've never been especially when it comes to Japanese wrestling someone who like pays a lot of attention to like the promos when they're not I don't know I don't know there's a whole thing and now is not the time to explain all of this but i just i don't remember her voice that well um so but you saying that like for sure could definitely see it as someone who paid a lot more attention to it um i'll i will defer to your opinion there um but yeah she definitely seems like in her match and then right here is being presented as like someone who is going to be important um follow this up with obviously the main event um, of the evening. We've got our hero and star attraction of stardom in Tam Nakano. Um, Cosmic Angels versus Donna Del Mondo with like, they have some supporting cast of characters on their team which I actually did want to ask you about like, uh, or no, wait, no uh, the Cosmic Angels team has some supporting cast here. Yeah, colors. Um, yeah, they have colors and then the post-match they talk about Cosmic Angel is a joint stable with colors is colors a stable or promotion
2: it is a well i guess because they've run They're about to run their own shows they're a promotion but they're they're basically like any group kind of like what prominence is they broke okay. away from actress girls because actress girls was going to end their pro wrestling um they said they're ending pro wrestling shows but they've really I guess they wanted to release everybody f- from their contracts. Um, you know, typical wrestling promoter shady stuff. But colors they've they stuck together and they're basically touring. Are they also
1: from Actress?
2: Yeah, yeah, they're from Actress okay. Girls. So okay. they're basically touring the all the independent promotions except for Tokyo Joshi Pro. So if, if that's the one thing you'll you'll see if if somebody comes in, you you barely see like the people that come in that come in the stardom that come from the outside, you'll barely see them on a Tokyo Joshi Pro show. Even with prominence, you've seen them on D T shows, you'll never see them on Tokyo Joshi Pro shows. So read that as as you will. Sure. But um with them, uh a couple a couple of months ago on a pay per view they came in, they wanted to challenge Cosmic Angels and they basically challenged them to a bet saying whoever wins has to join their unit and colors lost. So they're they are now joint uh, joint unit with Cosmic Angels, but they're still not. They're not full time Stardom. They still get to wrestle everywhere else. But they're with Stardom whenever they come in Stardom. They're with Color. They're with Cosmic Angels. Right, right. right.
1: that makes sense. Um, Cosmic Angels absolutely rocks. I love them, and I love uh, their pre match like choreography dance with also knowing that like part of the members of the team are color girls so they're not even like full-time members of the group and they have to learn the choreography and do the whole thing is like i that's great too um yeah i just i i think that's i don't know why but that kind of thing like really tickles me it's like so cheesy to be like You you come in and you have to tag with us, so you have to learn our fucking choreography. Look,
3: if you're here, you gotta do the whole thing. It's like, right.
1: yeah, fuck, (laughs) I gotta do the whole damn thing. All right, like this is, we don't fuck around. You gotta do the dance. I guess more people do it. I, I actually for the first time ever saw someone who did the like the people who do the TikTok dances on in their just like regular life while they're just standing around. Uh, The other day, that was uh, definitely uh, something something else. So I guess maybe it's a little bit easier for people. More people do choreography stuff. In their day to day life now than they used to, but definitely, yeah, uh, I enjoyed that. That said, I mean, what do you expect? Like, tag team, 10 man, 10 person, 10 woman, whatever, tag team elimination match, over the top rules, pinfall. You've got the drama already built in here with everything that's going on with Tam and Natsupoy, plus just the history between the groups, especially between Julia and Tam. Um, and, uh, and it all and,
3: comes through. Oh, good. And as we're well going to get to it, Um, the beef between that between Cosmic Angels and Don Damanda also goes between uh like a, like a you know we're gonna get to the big turn um in a second but like Cosmic Angels getting revenge after one of their members jumping ship and joining the DDM last year so like there's a whole whole bunch going on so I thought this was really I thought this was super fun uh it's not as heated as you would expect maybe down maybe in, like at least until like the final stretch. You would have expected more intensity, but like once it get, once it gets down to uh, Julia and Tam and the ring together, and they're pulling each other's hair, you, you start to feel the intensity uh, picking picking up and getting getting to a more serious place. So I thought it, I thought they built to it well. I like the creativity on some of the eliminations, and I thought everyone did, uh, did their roles well. And I like I really enjoyed watching it. But obviously, this is building towards. The angle that I'll get into and JML, JML can explain a little bit more, but we're down to Natsapoy and Julia on the DDM side and just Tam on the Cosmic Angel side. And Julia and Natsapoy are seemingly working in tandem to eliminate Tam, but uh, Tam ducks and gets out the way, and Natsapoy still super kicks Julia anyway. And Julia then gets eliminated not Supply eliminates herself and cosmic angels wins and not Supply, uh is now leaving ddm to join cosmic angels i did not know about this angle i did not expect it it genuinely shocked me yeah. um so jml where are you at with it and what did you think of the match and like the subsequent angle
1: um, oh, actually, I'm sorry, Jay. Let me. <laughs> I have a, a couple more thoughts before you start. I'm sorry. I just because okay. I want. I do want you to close it out, especially because you can explain stuff and, and get into that a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, just from the match, I wanted to talk about, especially um, Julia. And this was another spot where you saw it, where Julia, as you know, the ace as the the standard bearer, comes out and just. I mean, you can say that it's like a self-perpetuating thing, but it just, it is what it is. Like, I understand people who have their negative opinions towards Julia, me and Quentin have talked about this in the past already, but like when she's in here with Saki as like the, the, the representative from colors from an outside person, right? You can feel the tension of the idea, like Quentin was saying, like it didn't feel heated or whatever, but when they got in there and they first were trading off with each other, with Saki and, and Julia, you could feel the tension of an outsider in the ring who seemed like they were trying to test themselves with the standard bearer ace of the company. You could just, it, it came across, it was impossible not to, to feel it and notice it like where it is like, what does this outsider think they're doing? And if they're going to try to prove themselves, they're going to do it against the top dog. And we saw a similar thing with Julia interacting with the members of prominence. Right. And there was like some background, like, history between them so it made a little bit more sense or whatever but you can just see it here where like no matter what happens like no matter where they try to put julia on the card no matter what they try to do with her like you cannot argue with the fact that like she comes across as the ace like she comes across as the star and the standard bearer and the ace of the company like she's got the poise she's a good wrestler and she's got the charisma and just feels important and as i said like at some point it becomes a self licking lollipop or ice cream cone or whatever, where it's like, because she's the biggest star, she feels the most important because she's treated like the biggest star. And it just folds in on itself. And you can't like argue and disprove, like, does she deserve it? Or is it just a matter of her push? It's the same with like Roman reigns, except for uh, you know, the company that Julia is in actually gains viewers um, as opposed to WWE. But that's a story for another time. Um, when you're a needle mover, you have to like actually uh, move the needle up, not down. Um, that said, the other person who really stood out in here, um, that, you know, other than the people that should was, uh, Micah, Micah, when you talked about like the power fighter, like tag team, whatever that they're going to do, Micah was like, felt like she should definitely be in that when it came in here. Like she stood out as the power fighter. She stood out as the power wrestler, whooping ass, super aggressive so much so that the way that she eliminated, I felt was a little bit cheap. Like she should have gotten eliminated a little bit better, but her big power run, running through multiple people, getting multiple eliminations in a row, and then getting eliminated did set up the final four, which was obviously the story of the match. So it did kind of make sense the way they were setting it up. I just think that they they could have done a little bit more on her elimination. Um, that said, Jay, give your thoughts and and feel free to uh, to you know give us the post match as well.
2: Okay, so um take you back a little bit further. This was supposed to be a 12 person tag. Um, with Tekla, but we thought, because Tekla's injured, we thought that it would be her return. It is not. Um, hopefully she comes back in the five-star Grand Prix. She's slotted, like, in the schedule, she's slotted with, uh, throughout the the whole tour, but we don't know, I don't know what her, her, uh, her injury is, um, I'm, part of me thinks she's got a concussion, and they're just holding her off because of that, I don't know, but, um. I just don't want to really speculate on it, but I kind of did, but whatever. Um, so you willed it down to 10-person tag. I, I I know some people are complaining that there's too many elimination tags on these pay-per-views, but I like them. Um, they're, remi- they're sort of reminiscent. They get reminiscent a little bit of the, the Dragon Gate um, elimination tags, and I think because of the Milano influence, um, they're, they're, they have a place on them, and they, they do really well. I liked the match, and I was... I'm like you, Quinn, and I was completely shocked by it, just because of what happened in the last two weeks with the Natsapoi and, and, and Tam, many few that's gone on, and the backstory of, of Natsapoy and Tam, going back to Actress Girls. Um, I don't... I was, I was really shocked that she would join Cosmic Angels to the point where I thought, like, maybe this is... Maybe this is a ruse, and she turns... A, maybe a plot to poison Cosmic Angels because you mentioned with, with my, my Sakurai defecting from Cosmic Angels to DDM that happened this year. So you have oh it oh, was, oh,
3: was this year okay
2: it it was this year that happened this year like it's so much has happened in terms of the units going on like even going to the top where Julia introduced Ma, Marai and Tecla and that was against DDM at the one of the first um, first arm shows and you know. Tekla you know basically with that that spider that spider spear move that basically went viral on in, on online um, it was against Tam and you know Tam you know basically after the match Cosmic Angels looked like they just got pulled bulldozed and and you know with my defecting from Cosmic Angels it's kind of like uh, Donna DeMondo was just running over Cosmic Angels and now they finally got one up with, with Natsupoy, you know, Natsupoy in the post-match saying that she's, uh, she wasn't, she was going to be the pet of, the pet of Don, Don DeMondo, you know, and, um, you know, you know how you guys watch Dragon Gate and everybody, there, there's got to be somebody who takes the pinfall or lost post in in the unit. And, but the weird thing about it is Natsupoy wasn't that. It was more like my Sakuraya Tecla yeah. in Down to Down Mundo. But you know, before before they came, you know, Natsupoy was kind of that. But Natsupoy has really kind of broken through in the last last year and a half in terms mm-hmm. of being a really good worker, but like just or not just a worker, but just connecting with the crowd and you know, and um, she took a little time off early in the year because she was part of a stage play for Bushy Road. So in um there was. I remember Dave Meltzer reporting the Observer that um, you know um, the Cinderella tournament, um, because a lot of Sarnia fans knew that Unagi Sayaka was, was getting a big push um, towards the later half of the last year, and that kind of got stopped because people thought she was going to get pushed to the to the finals of the Grand of the Cinderella tournament. It wasn't it was not supposed. Um, so Bushiro made this stop because was, Rossi was going to but it put it Nagi in but uh Bushiro aka Kanani made the call and Natsupoi was in there so and um I saw this on Reddit I haven't checked the boards or any like uh, uh, the observer boards but um there's a person that works I won't say his name but there's a person that works for Stardom that um is an English-speaking person that is a observer subscriber that hinted that on. Um, thats was trying to do this move in March was trying to you know politic her way to um, executing you know back, you know behind the scenes trying to get to Columbus of angels because um if you look at the landscape you look at the, the the unit as a whole um they are big merch sellers um I think the the cage match you guys saw the cage match you guys watched the whole cage match show or
3: yeah I, 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 I saw it, yeah
2: well, when Mina, Shikara uh, fa- when Mina Shikara okay. faced when uh, faced Himeka, she had that uh, that headband with the, like the like the, the Japanese Rising Sun symbol over it. Um, that instantly sold out. So you know she's a merch, merch seller. Um, Tam is very popular, probably the most popular. Um, it's getting to the point she's the most popular wrestler on the roster among the Japanese Japanese fan base. And for Natsupoy, she kind of elevated to the number two or number three in Cosmic Angels because Unagi's getting basically pushed down a little bit. Um, so it makes and, sense.
3: And like um, realistically, it's like you know, like we know we, we just know how we just know how Joshi goes. And like now Stardom, I think they've learned from the, they've learned from previous mistakes that you know their uh, predecessors have made in terms of like how they treated women as they got older. But like the reality is like. Not suppose he's twenty five, and Tam is what going to like thirty two, going to going on thirty three. Like
2: I th- no, I think she's thirty four. I think, uh, yeah, I think she's thirty four.
3: So like realistically, like not only like so for what Tam is, they probably should like Tam is the hot is a hot hand and they should like be moving forward to Tam winning the red belt at least getting that moment. But at the same time, if you're gonna prep someone to get a rub off of being associated with Tam because Tam because Tam's getting older. Yeah, yeah, not not supposed not a bad choice for that at all.
2: Yeah. And with this, I mean, storyline wise, um I per me personally, I it's kind of kind of weird just because uh, it makes the it it like when I heard you guys last week talking about the the cage match, how you guys were raving it. I love the first half of it until the pinfalls, and I—I I mean, I got the—you you, know—I know Tim. You said like the people people that <laughs> didn't get the rules uh, for the pin pinfall. You know, they they treat WWEs like you know they criticize WWE for for have to explain everything. No, I I knew the rules going in. It just broke up the flow of it. I absolutely love the opening the opening of that cage match. I thought I was like all right, we're getting it. we're getting it. We're, we're getting like a match of the year and a lot, and you guys thought it was a match of the year contender but to me I it kind of broke up the flow by the end. Um I like the the ending of the choke out and everything but um just the pinfall's kind of kind of took me out. I just want I kind of just wanted that brutality to escalate even more and maybe even blood. That's maybe that was just with me just because I've seen so much Blood with, with AEW. I just kind of wanted blood in this match, but I know they're not going to do it. With hey,
1: hey, hey! AEW doesn't own blood. Okay, there's plenty of other <laughs> promotions that have been using a lot of blood this year.
2: That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> so with that, we have that match, and then then the rematch. They're one and one. Um, I wanted to see what was going to happen with Nat, with him and that's the point. I didn't think this would happen. Um, but you know I guess the best booking, you know because I, I kind of thought going into this like it was gonna escalate and by the end we're gonna have another blow off with Julian, with Julian uh, and Tam but um, I guess we're still heading that but now it gets more interesting going down the road because um Natsupoy and Julie are in the same block in the five star Grand Prix. So we'll get yeah. to see that. Um, and I like this, this, this whole, this, and you'll see, we'll talk about the rest of the show. Um, I had a clear thinking of what's going to happen going into the 5 scar Grand Prix because of this, I have no clue what's going to happen. Like I, I have no feel who's going to win the 5 scar Grand Prix. Who's going to, who's, I don't even know because we'll talk about it later that Tam, she's um it's going to step up for the red belt i don't know if she's going to win the red belt i i maybe this is the this is the best type of booking that you know Hatman did it again i guess i don't know but i have no feel for what's going to happen and it's it's it was just it was shocking to say the least it was shocking
1: oh yeah definitely uh oh quentin did you have anything you wanted to add to that
3: no, I think I think JML nailed the re- nailed the rest of that.
2: Yeah,
3: uh, like I said, I feel like the match itself getting lost in so I enjoyed the match, but obviously, like the main thing there is the angle and yes. what it means for the future of Stardom. Because I do, it's a vo- it's a vote of confidence for not Sapoy. and I'm excited to see like what kind of ma- what kind of interactions we get afterwards with it. Now, like I'm really excited to see what kind of Natsupoi and Julia stuff we get, or like you know, like not not and like. Uh, Emeka and Micah, like that, that kind of stuff that we, that we, that we can get now.
2: Oh, I, I totally forget, totally forgot about the the post-match where, you know, I mentioned it and not supposed said that she was not going to be a pet, but, you know, she was just, she basically, you know, that, po- the point where she, she basically ran down each per, like, you know, said each person's name and that big hefty pause. And then Tech, it's just tecla and tecla just broke down crying. Um, even though she wasn't in the match, you know, she, it just added to it because anybody who's watched stardom in the past like um her you know the my hippie Poi trio um you know the trios tag like um that's all gone you know and people started really liking them and um they were going they were going through it a little bit especially her and himeka you know having like big sister little sister problems and they kind of you know you know, squashed it a little bit, and now that's that's blown up. And you know, Mike Mike mad at Nats. Nats Point now, and she stormed off. And you know, I think Tecla kind of stole the show in terms of her acting. You know, she sold it. She was just devastated. You know, and because um, a couple of, couple of months ago, before Nat, Tekla got pulled off for injury, her Tecla Nats Point were tagging together. Um, so you have that that dynamic. Um, you know, my Sakurai was just the newest person there, so she didn't have had a relationship. But you know, just the four four women there. Um, you know, and Julia Julia brought her in. Just but just all that whole dynamic. It's just like Quinn said; it's going to be interesting what what goes down the road. But I think without, I wish I wish they had crowds, kind of like what Joshi Tokyo Joshi Pro had, because this would have got really really big, really big. I mean, it did. Um, It got on the cover of of Shoe Pro Magazine this week, but um, I think everybody involved really sold the angle. And you don't see that commitment even, you know, I I don't want to say this, but stardom, you know, WWE's like known for, you know, people say WWE's known for telling stories. Like, no, this is stardom does the stories that WWE wants to tell. And that's this. This was put over here.
1: Wow. I mean stardom tells the stories that WWE should want to tell like that WWE because of who it's run by doesn't actually want to tell a story that's actually this like layered and has drama to it and and is good you know what I mean like I get what you're saying but it's like almost like it's giving too much credit to like Vince McMahon the idea that he would he wishes he was doing this because he actually doesn't he doesn't want to do anything this actually this good and this rewarding unfortunately um the Thecla stuff that you're talking about there, I think, is important to kind of a point that stood out to me coming out of it when you talked about like that. This was supposed to be a 12-person tag. Um, this was presented after the return match as like the blow-off of the the culmination of the feud between that's a point Tam where it was going to you know now it's one and one and it's I mean I guess it's kind of not one and one but it but it is technically is that this match was supposed to be a big captains. You know, fall unit versus unit match. It seemed odd after the cage match, the singles match, and then they were going to, you know, they were going to finally do the final conflict and and really like blow off the feud in a unit, a unit team kind of like elimination match with each other. Um, um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I know, think they sh-
2: they should have did it. Maybe they'll they'll do something down the road. Um, but like maybe a unit dis- disband match, but I don't. I don't think. Sure. I think. I think but, they. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but uh, my point with it was that like um, that Thecla being removed and it switching from a twelve person tag to a ten person tag, and then Natsapoy at the very end when it was two on one against Tam, she decides like actually no, you know, and because she could have kicked Julia on accident and she stopped herself and then chose to kick her. Um, it all goes into that. Like that. Yeah. Like Thecla not being in the match and the match changing from what it was supposed to be. And that it wouldn't have really felt like a satisfying. I proved that I am better than Tam Nakano match is why in that moment she chose this. And that's why it's really interesting the way that Julia reacts to it because the translations that I saw was Julia was like, all of that was fake. It's like when we were together and the stuff that we were doing and, and the, and the, and the fight and the things that you were saying days before the match and all the buildup was fake because you were thinking about and wanting to do this. And I think it like really makes sense that in the moment Natsapoy made the decision and Julia's just not even, she doesn't get it. She doesn't see it and realize that like Natsapoy didn't come into the match with this plan, but it just kind of, it happened naturally. You know, and she saw like, I'm not going to be able to prove that I'm better than Tam Nakano right now. And probably I won't be able to prove that I'm better than her at any time coming up. So what's better to do is that rather than like take a a false victory, I should actually try to learn from her how to be as good as her and how to be better than her. Right, and that's why she now wants to be underneath her and have cosmic angels go to number one and all this stuff. So I really, really enjoyed the way that that story was set up and the finish and all of it, and especially even having Julia, Julia not understanding, and then now like you said, teasing the fact that we can end up with Julia and Natsapoy and where that feud goes, because that's really where the story ends up, like actually, uh, like producing something worthwhile. Is uh, the feud between them two, especially because Julia, like, she's thick. She doesn't get it. She doesn't see, like, Natsapoy didn't plan this. It wasn't fake. She wasn't lying to you. She wasn't being deceivious. Like, it was just a natural thing that happened in the moment. Um, either way, we've talked this match to death. That's why I said this was the real main event of the night. It was the most important thing to talk about. The fallout coming out of it is crazy. Um, we get to the Wonder of Stardom title match Starlight Kid versus uh, Saya Kamatani. Um, I thought that Saya's leg selling here and and Starlight Kid's work of the leg was fucking phenomenal. Um, I thought that, like, yeah, like, the the fighting from underneath from Saya was great here. This was like the perfect match to showcase how good Saya has gotten and how good she is at what, you know, this kind of situ- where she is with the with the wonder of stardom title, where she is like at this level in her career. Um, proving, I think, still maybe I don't know. Like I feel like people still see her as shaky, and not like at the level that she should be here. Or at least she comes across somewhat like she's growing into it. But I feel like it's really like really cool to watch as she's growing into it. She's really telling that story super well. That she's like growing into a confidence and becoming a top level star. Starlight Kid is again the perfect opponent, especially this heel Starlight Kid working the leg, not doing anything flashy. Um, really, just being like a fucking shitty heel, who's like smaller, weaker, you know, slower. Nothing about her should be better, other than just like being shitty, working after the leg, taking her apart, being plotting, being aggressive, violent, all of that stuff. Like that's what she has. But uh, otherwise, like as a as a physical specimen and as an athlete, Saya has her beat, um, and she delivers it. The one thing as the match finishes and saya comes down with the um with the phoenix splash and wins the match after like a really grueling like i said a great job selling the leg too. really made me get super invested the way that she repeatedly would like gesture to the leg sell the leg in between moves um the the abuse that she was taking the wincing all the stuff that she was doing throughout um the one thing that that popped into my head as she hits the phoenix splash wins the match is that we just had that big fucking <laughs> press conference or whatever with uh, with New Japan reporting their business coming forward, saying that they're going to have more interactions between New Japan and Stardom wrestlers. And uh, Saya Kamatani is in the position that she's in. And Kota Ibushi is MIA and possibly leaving the company and not involved. And it's so fucking crazy that we spent all this time with Saya talking about Ibushi and wanting to wrestle Ibushi. And now, when it actually seems like it would be possible, the companies would actually interact. Ibushi is leaving, um, so I'm going to say that Ibushi is uh, afraid of Tall Saya, and that's why he's actually leaving. He doesn't want any of that smoke because uh, Saya was coming for him. Um, I guess, yeah. Either, either, but either of you. What do you guys have to say about uh, the match and, and, and uh, what did you think?
3: I think I liked the match a little less than you. I was, still was impressed with both of them, given that this is different than what you'd expect from them. You would expect something. Like, if you got talked about this match a year ago, you'd expect something that's super. And this was still had a lot of bunch of action, action, but super action packed and high octane and everything like that. And I think it showed the growth in both of these two to be able to work a different a different style of match. Um, Some people might pick apart the limb work and selling, but I thought they both were really good. Really good at what they were what they were asked to do there. And for Starlight Kid, like. I always liked starlight kid going back like six years now when she was still in high school. Like I always liked starlight kid and thought that she has a ton of potential. I'm going to see her now like that pretty much the only thing holding her back was the fact that she just wasn't around full time to wrestle. And the the way that she's taking to these more prominent spots, like with no hiccups at all. And just being thrown in these into these situations with Mayu Watani and Kairi Hojo and all these all these kind of things and like ticking to it so easily is reflective of that talent level. And the same thing with the same thing with Saya. I think that Saya gets forgotten, you know, she is not Utami, so she doesn't get the same kind of coverage or press and people are like a little, have been shakier on her. But she's still super young too. She's still twenty-five and can keep and can keep getting better. So I thought this was a super Encouraging and, pr- and promising match between these two, really good. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it showed a lot of potential and growth between these two.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, mostly for me, this was like the Starlight Kid show, um, just picking apart a leg and, and working over it. I mean, it's 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 weird because she either has this type of match where she's picking apart a part part of limb, mostly a leg, or she does high speed does a high speed match um I, i'm trying to figure out who would have trained her to like because you don't i don't looking up and down the roster i don't see a lot, of, a lot of a lot of the wrestlers do that except for her like just really working like a like a good old school style match like she she's the only one that could really do that like like um they're trying to rack my brain like i don't know if if eo would have taught her that or or maybe even the Nai back in the day but i don't think the Nai would have would have Taught her that because she was, she was out by the time Charlie Kid was was training. Like, I'm trying to think who who would have taught her to to have the psychology of working over a limb. Maybe, but because I was thinking maybe Milano, but she was doing that before before the Stardom purchase of Bucci Road. So I don't I don't know where she where she's getting. it. Maybe she did private lessons from tire one of the tire mass. I don't know, but like or maybe maybe Liger is teaching her this stuff, but. I thought she's really, really good and multifaceted, as a, especially with this heel work um, coming into into this match. I mean, I, I think Sai Kamantani has done, did a really good job of the Wonder on title too, but I think um, Starlight Kid's really boosted. I, I I wasn't as high as you guys um, as Starlight Kid years before just because I always thought she just worked as, a, as an underdog babyface, but I knew she had, had potential, but I think she's really fulfilling it this year. And, um, I came into this match thinking that she would have won, um, even, even in both these matches, I thought, um, it would be a, a tie night as starlight kid would have won this match. And Momo would have took this match heading in, took the red, red belt co- heading into, cause we're, we're a couple of weeks away from the five-star Grand Prix. I thought they would have done the, done the Bushiro thing and do the heel title change right before the big, big tournament. But, um. It wasn't a B, but um, but yeah. Um I I think Starlight Kid one of these days like like when we talk about Azumi, one of these days they gotta put the rocket onto Starlight Kid. I thought they were doing it early in the year, um, as her little main event push as the high speed high speed champion, but um we'll see. Maybe she's like it's she's in the running in my head. Like it's her, Julia, Utami. Tam those four right now as potential winners of the five-star Grand Prix um heading in a couple weeks.
1: Yeah. Um when you were talking about Starlight Kin, then you said it. So I was thinking it, but then you actually said it out loud. Like the 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 reference point to me is like the Liger thing. Like she comes across very much like Liger style to me, um, with the way that like the snap that she has. Um with the the kind of way that she's able to go from aggressive to goofy, she can switch back and forth easily. Um, it's like kind of something that Liger was really good at—things seeming violent and aggressive, and then also being able to like be comedic and funny at the same time. Obviously, there's like the working in the mask thing and the expressiveness while wearing a mask that she does really similar. I don't know if she's trained with Liger um, or if she's just like a student of Liger, but she really comes across. Um, to me very similar to Liger in that in the, in the limb work and the master On the mat kind of thing while also Being able to high fly and 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 Move in the high speed setting Just as well as anybody around like Really comes across to me like very Similar to Liger so as you Were talking about all that and then you mentioned him I was like that's it to me that, that's what makes the most Sense to me is very very Liger-esque um, I said the post match Was really funny here Um with uh just like everything that happened you've got uh sakai oh, i totally out. forgot
2: i totally forgot about the, yeah the post-match yeah, go yeah. Ahead.
1: sakai comes out and she wants to uh, saki whatever um saki. And she yeah yeah she wants to challenge and uh i was looking into the translation and it was very funny because um Saya says like oh you I, I think you have like the Gar- Garu style I thought you were like Garu or whatever like and oh whatever it doesn't matter whatever I'm like just you know and Saki is like you could see it too when Nanai comes out afterwards mm-hmm. that like Saki's character is kind of like that star like I said she's she's proving herself but she comes across like shaky and she's like you know a kid who's like really very starstruck and she's like trying to prove that she deserves to be here while also being a super fan. Um, and she's like just obsessed with everything. And maybe she awkwardly doesn't deserve to be here, but she does because of how good she is. Um, but yeah, then I was looking into the Garu thing and you were talking about the blackface thing and the Garu thing is like this weird Japanese fashion of like mocking American style.
2: Yeah. Um, like tans. Like you got to be. Yeah. But dark. like it, it
1: like, transitioned over the years into like doing like kind of a jersey shore thing so it would like have like yeah like insane so it was like scene like you know scene kid thing but with also with the jersey shore so they would like do something that was like kind of crazy with the tan and white and light colored makeup that would look like kind of black facey so it's like oh yeah like japan has this weird thing where they don't know that they shouldn't really color their skin dark like that but you know whatever it's a different culture, I guess. Um, it's it's not it's not really an ex uh, like a, a an exemption. And then after that, uh, not like I said, Nanai comes out, and then Lady C comes out, and then they talk about like Lady and I don't know, Lady C and like being the tallest. Joshi is a weird thing to brag about because then you see her standing there and she doesn't look like insanely taller than everyone so it's not like she's like a giant you know it's like technically i'm the tallest but like it doesn't really you can't really doesn't really like show so it's a weird thing so yeah so so then you talked about like the 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 what's going on lady c is going to be Saya's tag team partner against nanai and someone else who i don't remember Card do you do Kari, yes, Kari. Said, and I said, I'm Kari's partner. Oh my God, you're Kari's partner. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, I don't know when that's coming up. But when that match is supposed to be happening?
2: Um, that is going to happen the first night of the Five Star Grand Prix. Okay. So I think that's either the 29th or the 30th because they have a double header to open up. They're doing the New Japan um type schedule where they do the opening. The two opening nights at a at a particular pace, like you know how New Japan does open the two opening nights of the G One like yeah. Oda Ward or something like that. So they're doing that. Um, for the f- first night, it's going to be Kari and Nanai. They're reuniting because they were they were a tag team before. They were actually were the tag team champions um, years back. But they're reuniting. They're facing um, you know, like you said, Saya and Lady C, and I think the second night i got to i got to look the second night they're facing um Mayu and someone else let me let me look it up but yeah so yeah. They're, they're...
1: but again it's like saya is in this situation where she's a uh like yeah i can starstruck and she's trying to like be there but she also is the top star it's kind of similar to like bailey you know like the that that kind of thing it feels like that a little bit where it's just like a, a uber fan who's like feels she feels out of her element and like she's again but then you watch her and she's like this phenom who's like, got just a raw bone like feels like a a German Shepherd pup or a Great Dane puppy or something where her limbs are too long for her body, but she can still pull off these insane moves. Jay, did you uh, did you were you able to find uh, who the, the the partner is there?
2: Pulling up now. Uh, doesn't oh. say. Okay. Well,
1: it's a surprise, and or it's not, but we'll get there eventually. Main event, World of Stardom title. Sayuri versus Momo Watanabe. I think it makes the most sense to just do Quentin. Quentin, what did you think about this? I know you were excited for this match. Uh, How did you feel coming into this?
3: Coming into it, I was really excited because uh, you guys know how much I love Momo. And I felt like in recent years, post um, the Bushy Road purchase and stardom, I felt like she clearly had gotten de uh, de pushed. And I wasn't very happy about that. But now that they took her away from Queen's Quest and gave her a unit where she was the top dog, I would have been super happy about it. And I think that she's been good in this role. I can't say she's been great. Uh I still think there's some there's some stuff that she needs to work work out with the with the act, but it's been super promising so far. And I thought this was the best that she's looked doing it and uh for siori like i've i've always said that i feel like my issue with her is just delving too much into random pro styles r- random pro style moves and not just committing to the fact that she's a badass legit mma fighter mma trained woman and that that should be the basis of her style and not trying to cater to people with these random uh lung blowers and stuff like that and i feel like this match did a really did a really good job of it and just being super intense at beating the shit out of each other. And I don't think this is the best match they've had together. I feel like the one from either 2021 or 2020 was probably better, but I, I like this a lot. It was probably, um, I probably, I probably like this about as much as I like the, uh, Sherry versus, uh, versus Mariah title match that I thought that I, that I was super high on. And for my critiques of her, I feel like she, I feel like Jerry's found, found her, uh, her footing with the with the title. I may not have been like the biggest like lover of the utami stuff or titsukumi stuff, but this year with uh with Julia, with Mayu, with Marai, and here with uh Hero Momo, I feel like Shuri's had a really, really strong reign this year.
1: Yeah. Um really feels like like presented and comes across like the champion. Um, but also still proving herself but in a really different way than the Saya thing it's it's actually kind of nice having the two champions kind of have a similar story but in totally different ways because as you talked Mm -hmm. about there shuri doesn't need to prove herself as legitimate she needs to prove herself Mm -hmm. as a wrestler and uh, Saya is like a different thing she needs to like She is the wrestler but she needs to prove Herself as like a legitimate star You know so it's like the the opposites of the Thing of the kind of the vibe there Which is kind of cool like honestly That's like a neat thing that doesn't Feel like it was intentional but it's like serendipitous um, And this was These two matches back to back was a great way Of showing that where they're both going up against Opponents who really suit them um, In their strong suits But also uh, really like challenge them to, to really overcome their weaknesses. And maybe Quentin, you don't agree that Saya overcame, but you do think that Shuri did. I, I think both of them did knock out here on this. Um, I think Shuri's like everything that she did was phenomenal, but the, like the selling I think was a big key point in here. Obviously her offense looks great. Her offense always looks great. Um, She's insanely scary, violent, aggressive, Um, But, uh, but yeah, like I thought the stuff in between and she's against opponent who she can sell really well for because, you know, Momo actually makes it worthwhile to sell. Um, But my, I guess my biggest issue here was the Oedo Tai stuff. Um, There was like a little bit of Oedo Tai interaction that just felt so forced, fake, pointless and stupid that I just could have done without Like, they got involved in the match, and you've got Ruka on the outside just throwing some of the just weakest bullshit-looking kicks and strikes and stuff, and it just... It just... It means so little, and I don't blame them for not, like, laying it in or making it look good, but, like, it means so little, and it seems so pointless that it's just, like, just don't fucking do it. Just let the match be the match. You don't need to, just because it's an Oedo tie challenger for the title, you don't need to, like you don't have to have heel bullshit involved, but then like putting the wrench into the kick pad was like a good thing. So it's just like, if you, if you have to do the heel stuff, just like do the good heel stuff, just drop the stuff that feels forced. And like, Oh, we just going through the motions just have to do it. You know, like, because if you didn't feel the need to cheat all the time, uh, for every little spot that you can cheat, then like when you do cheat, it'll feel a little bit more important. Um, speaking of like <laughs> the Orange Cassidy though thing with the chainsaw that was great um, they were, when they said they were going to cheat a lot they were not lying um, but yeah they they that's how you do it They when they say cheat a lot they like did one big cheat which is having a chainsaw instead of here like you could have just had the wrench that's all you needed um, but yeah that said I thought Shuri looks great the finish was brutal and excruciating and violent um, and like I said Shuri really Really showed more than just what she's good at, which is obviously her offense always looks amazing. Um, she really sold everything super well, even the post match selling was great. Uh, Jay, what did you think?
2: Um, before I talk about the match, I finally pulled it up. July 30th, Kari versus Kari and I versus Saya and Lady C. Like I said, July 31st, it's just like we talked Natsu like we talked about for us, Kari and Natsu tagging against my and Saida. So that's gonna be a really good match. Um so those are your two match two tag matches on the five star Grand Prix. But back to this match, I was coming in. I I agree um that, you know, with the with going into the OEO tie like shenanigans and stuff, um uh it was funny because um James Boyd, he's on a one issue radio, he hit me up um because he started noticing stuff like because they O-Tai's always had shenanigans but in outside interference and especially with Natsuka Tora but she's she's not she's not um she, you know she was there at ringside but she's she's still out with her knee injury um but he but he uh he hit me up one day and he was asking he was telling me asking me um I started watching um like some of these undercard Oya matches and you know, tag matches I'm like I haven't got to it yet um, and he told me about one at KBS Hall and, and another match that happened um, on that same weekend. And I noticed this, that during their tag matches, they don't do, they don't pull the shenanigans like they do in these, in these matches. They wrestle pretty much clean, um, with, especially with they have Starlight Kid. If they have the combination of Starlight Kid, Raka, Momo, and Rena, just those four, they mostly wrestle clean. Especially, they have a a, a, a semi mini faction in a way. It's like called Young o, Young OED with with uh, Starlight Kid, Ruaka, and Rena. Those three as a trio, they mostly wrestle clean. And um, I I usually find that interesting because um, like coming into this match, like I said before, I thought that Momo was going to win just because of the away tie um, interference and the the use of the wrench. I thought they she would go over and win the red belt, but that wasn't the case. Um, but yeah, they have they have to cut it out. But I'm interested if once Natsukatura comes back, it's gonna be a split between I think those four that I mentioned and Sagi Kashima, uh, Fuking and Death and, and Natsukatora. I just don't know what's when it's gonna happen, but I think there's gonna be another split there because mostly that that group wrestles cleanly when they want to. It's just that um, I don't know if it's a mandate for booking or whatever, but, um, but on the house shows they're pretty much clean. They they're pretty much a clean, just a yeah. just like, just like good heels. They're good. Not saying they're good, but like they're just like regular heels. They're just not like doing like overly like heel. Who I'm pulling your leg while you while you run the ropes and all that stuff. Where um, they, they were doing that thing here. So on um, that
1: topic, Oedo Tai is really the only like heel group in Sardom, right?
2: Yeah. I mean DDM for for a while were healed, but now they're like tweeners. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Kinda, DDM kinda, feels a little heelish here and there. Oh sorry, go, go ahead.
3: My, like obviously like the best camp best comp will be like comparing them to like new Japan units and like how yeah you know like Suzuki Goon were heels but then they can be kind of tweeners and same thing with lij and they were heels and they're mostly tweeners and then like the real only constant heels are bullet club but then bullet club had moments where they were leaning face-ish so like it's like the uh, like i think they're more like new japan than dragon gate in terms of like that kind of thing and like the malleability there but they also care more about the units than new japan obviously
1: well, it's also similar because in New Japan, like, there'll only ever be, like, one pure heel group at a time. You know? Yeah. And then, and then yeah, everyone else will be whatever. Same, same, but, same, yeah. same
3: thing with, same, same with Dragon Gate. Everyone that does the kind of, like, un- yeah. unit stuff. There's always, like, the heel unit that the promotion revolves around on some level. And it doesn't revolve around Itotai, but, like, conflicts usually have Itotai somewhere in the middle of them. Um, and so it's, it's, it's the same thing. It's just, like, the classic wrestling handbook at this point when it comes to when it comes to unit warfare or a, a promotion based on unit warfare
1: yeah and it does feel like donna del mondo probably should trans and become the heel group the heel faction as you're talking about there uh jay where it's like uh O-T-O-T-I has like a subgroup that doesn't even really work heel um and it's probably time with this angle and the feud that is coming out of this show it does seem like uh it's time to maybe have a little time, like you said, go a little bit more clean. Maybe there's some fraction there and then have Donald Del Mondo be the heel group because uh, that seems like a focus feud. But I interrupted you before you even got into the match. So uh, continue on, Jay.
2: Oh, no worries. Um, yeah, going back to the to the match, um, I agree with Quentin like um, you, you too, also like uh, it was It was a good match, but not a great—not great match. The 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 match last year in the finals of the Five Star Grand Prix that was their that's their best match, and that's it's one of the best to me, one of the best best matches in Storm history. Um, And for you know, it's funny because going to last year's match, I I was extremely disappointed in the Sherry Momo matches because I didn't think they would reach their full potential until they got to the five-star Grand Prix finals. And now I, with this match, I was I was kind of, I kind of had my hopes for this match, but I knew there would be some tie things outside interference going on. And I knew there was a good chance that Mo might go over with the wrench and stuff like that, but it wasn't the case. Still a good match. Um, just the opening, like the, the opening in the middle of portions of it. Um and you know the ending with the with, with the wrench, and I, I, I legitimately thought that um, that Momo was hurt after you know ha- still having the wrench in her in her kick pads, and then Sherry locking on uh, the stretch muffler. I thought that you know because when because earlier um, I think she she threw out the wrench, and I heard I heard it, so it's like a legit wrench. But because um, I thought at first it was gimmick, then I, I ran it. I ran it back, and I, at one point Momo lost it through throughout the match, and I heard I heard it um, get you know fall somewhere. So it was legit run. So I thought that she hurt her leg, um, but I I'm, I think she's fine now. You know there was I, there was a couple times throughout the show that I thought there was a couple injuries. Including there was a I don't know if you saw it. There was a photo um, going around, and I think it might be legit because waka's off the next the next three shows um there was did you see there was a picture of waka in a neck brace
1: i did see the picture i didn't yeah. think any of it but i thought it was like an angle thing you know
2: yeah i thought so too but she's really about confirmed she's really off the show because Hanan. it was that oh, that, that that nasty regal plex she had on uh on waka so i thought there was a couple of times that a couple, of, a couple of these wrestlers, they got they got legit hurt coming, coming out of this. And, you know, it's they have they have pretty much a tough schedule going because they have the next two, you know, I think the Stardom and Showcase show. I don't know if it's going to be a pay-per-view or not, because it's kind of like, kind of like with New Blood. New Blood was streamed for free on YouTube. Um, maybe the Stardom Showcase show will be on pay-per-view. I don't know. But you have that and then the actual pay-per-view the next night and then the next week you have the opening of the five-star Grand Prix. So they're in especially, and then you have house shows in between. So um, just, I kind of wanted everybody to get out, you know, injury free going into the five-star because um, everybody's a little bit banged up, but that's wrestling. But, um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of, I don't want to say it was a big disappointment, this, this match, but um, it didn't live up to the expectations I had. Um, but You know, um, but Shuri, I I, I'd probably have to give her, you know, everybody's talking about mid season MVPs or wrestler of the year. Probably, I'd give it to her in terms of women's wrestling. I know a lot of people are really high in Saya, but I think uh, Shuri's really held down. Like every match I've seen her, is really it's been really really good Um, in terms of the Mirai match, Mayu, um, even the. um, Did you guys see the 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 match with with Venny? on the, the Hanukkah show. Yeah. 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 Uh,
1: so,
3: yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, I, I liked
2: it. So, with that, like, she's, I think she's been great, and that's the thing, Siri hasn't been, like, throughout the promotion, she's not my favorite wrestler, sure. but I think she's done a really good job um, throughout the year. I just don't, I just don't know if she's gonna, When um, we'll talk about this now, like, after the match, uh, Tam Nakano came out and challenged her, um i don't know because it's in the next pay-per-view it's going to be in Tam's hometown so um earlier in the year in fukuoka um fukuoka double crazy hazuki and uh Koguma, they won the tag titles usually um usually with even you know it's stardom but in wrestling in general it's the trope of either you know you have the the hometown hero in a tunnel match, either to set up as the big loser or a big win coming into the hometown. And earlier this year, Hazuki and Koguma did it, uh, being Starlight Ken Momo. I don't know what they're going to do with with Tam and Shuri, since that Tam's now in the position, because Nagoya used to be uh, the home, like the the show that you always push, uh, Jungle Kiona and um, Stardom. Uh, years past she and everybody knows she obviously lost every time in a big match um but a lot of times they you know rossi ran um a big title match with jungle either in a tag title match or um you know the the, the match everybody talks about with her and momo uh, a couple of years ago that was in nagoya um so because it's her hometown and especially with with jungle she would sell a lot of tickets because she would hold um, fan club events at her family. Her family owns a bar and they would hold fan club events there every time they would go into Nagoya. So, um, you know, at that level, you know, before the Bushiro purchase there, there was still independent. So a lot of the wrestlers had to sell tickets themselves. So jungle jungle would do that and always track the big crowd. So right now you have Tam versus Shuri. I don't know if you pulled the trigger and have Tam be the Red Belt champion? She, you know she's thirty-four now. You know she's older. She's older than Sherry, so um, okay. you, know, you know the time is ticking. And
1: well, because this isn't the first time that it's been referenced on here the age of Tam, but you also have to keep in mind like Tam's ring age, because Tam has not been wrestling for a long time for how old she is, really. So even though she's older, she's not like as, you know, beat up as someone her age would normally be. But there is still the idea that you look at it and you just see on paper that like, how long is she going to continue wrestling? But, you know, she's not really slowing down and she's not beat up because she started wrestling pretty late in life. Comparatively.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know she did, did some stage plays before she even got into wrestling and did some modeling and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, But the ring time, but she's in the media, she's floated around that she might retire, Um, but you never know. It might be posturing, you know, she, we talked about it before. She's come up with Onita under Onita, So, you know, always milk it. (laughs) She's, she's always going to milk it with the crowd, you know, um, you know, have you, have you seen the, the memes of on online of, you know, Tam's road, you know, the kind of a, a take on King's road. Um, yeah. you know, she's always has a backstory, everything, and then it's, it's, oh yeah. it's every match. And I mean, I mean, to me, it's great. Um, oh, you know, yeah, it's just, of it's just, it's a joke. You know, you joke about it, like, you know, with her, Onita and Cody, you know, the, those, so those three are so similar just with everything's so emotional and it's, 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 um, I know it could get taxing on some people and, and my, and and I'll be honest, it hasn't landed with me on certain, certain matches. Um, the Mina sure match, the Mina sticks to my mind. Um, but, but yeah, with, with Tam, I want to see what happens. I'm glued. I'm, I want to see what happens with this, uh, this next pay-per-view in Nagoya in her hometown. Do they pull the trigger and have her win? Um, yeah, especially especially in our hometown and going into the five star. Like, what's you know, it, it. I'm I'm really interested because um, if if Shuri's still cha- is still the champion, she's gonna have a loaded block and it's and whoever she drops the fall, the fall in. Um, she's gonna have title matches. Um, down the road, which would wouldn't be would be great because I'm thinking Mike is in her block, Tam's in her block. Utami's in her block. Ami Sera's in her block. Uh, I think Hermek is in her block. I don't. I don't remember. Tekla's in her block. Like a lot of people, you know, I think Umnagi's in, in the same block as her. It's a loaded block, but um, just with the title matches alone, um, I really want to see Azumi. Azumi's in her block, and I think Azumi's facing um, Shiri the second night of the Five Star Grand Prix, and Azumi's beaten her twice. The past 2 years in the five star um, so yeah it just uh, going into it like i said before maybe it's good that i don't know as a fan usually i you know watching rossio gawa booking um, for so many years i usually pick up on i'm usually good on picking up what's what's going on and what how what what his his vision of going going down the road this one i have no clue i have no clue what's going to happen for the rest of the year
3: there's like so many things that would make sense to do. Like, and it's like almost like one of those situations where we talked about like New Japan some years where, well, if you did Ibushi or Nakamura or Naito or Okada or whoever, like or or Shibata, like all these different answers would have been cool and awesome and would have made sense. Like now, now we're getting to the point, like you said, like that you can pick up his booking, but at the same time it's like, huh, like there's a bunch of different things that could happen. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, like, you could have, like, when we're talking about Julia and, like, like, what Tim was saying, like, with the translation, like, like, saying, like, everything was fake, like, the story, the, the natural story with her, like, the, the great story with her is that everything around her has completely fallen apart. Siri left, the, Suri left her, her group, her unit. Um, you have Natsapoi turning her back on her. You have...
3: Um, this This all in the fall, I remember, like, her having to, like losing a few of the tam and having to shave her hair, so like just yeah. like, there's every, there's like everything for, for like the last year and some change now.
2: Yeah, and and not even adding the prominent stuff with Suzu Suzuki, which that match like the final night of the five star Grand Prix, it's Suzu versus Julia, and if and that could be if Julia doesn't win, Suzu could play spoiler for her. Like uh, there's so much, so many things, but if Julia wins the five star, um, it's kind of a good redemption arc for her. But then you have Utami, who's completely been downcycled. Like she hasn't done anything, which, which makes you believe like maybe she might, she might, uh, she might win the five star because she's been downgraded so much. Then you have Mayu, who said that she, her goal after she lost to Shuri, her goal was to win the, win the, um, win the red belt again. And she said it would, she was going to do it before the year was over in a, in a, in a post match interview at Sumo Hall. Um, You have Starlight Kid, like I said before. Like the, its time is ticking. I think the time is ticking to start putting the rocket ship on her. If you want to do something really bold and have her win the five star. Um, you have Tam, who is hot, who's basically the hottest um, baby face in the promotion right now. Do you put the five star? Do you put? Do you have her win the five star and then have the rematch with her versus Shiri? um because i know stardom in new japan having that joint show maybe you have that at that show or do you have it at sumo hall um at the end of the year like there's so many there's so many people (laughs) that you could you could pick um to win win the five star
1: here's the thing like when we were talking about the peak the peak of the g1 and people were like losing their minds over how good it was for many many years and all this stuff like part of it was all of this. You're talking about where anyone could win and the storylines lines. You could see them and how they're going. And then you also have the talent level and the familiarity where, you know, that like these great wrestlers are, they know each other well enough to have great matches. And you've got basically the same thing going on in stardom right now. You've got a roster full of phenomenally talented wrestlers who all know each other. So fucking well, like the stardom roster is the tightest roster in wrestling. Like, everyone in here they all act like they know each other inside and out everyone is like so familiar with each other that every match is going to fucking rock every match has an insane story to tell and like that as the g1 is failing you know the 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 virgin g1 versus the chad uh stardom grand prix like it's just insane to see this comparatively like just how it's similar these two things are right like this the, the the Stardom Grand Prix looks fucking amazing on paper because, as you said, who anyone could win, storyline-wise, and also you've got a ton of great wrestlers who are all going to have great matches with each other.
2: Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, personally for me, I thought their whole run... I know uh, I really loved the Budokan Hall show in March last year, but I thought they really got a roll. Once they started the five star Grand Prix, because they started busting out different finishers, and they just really, it really clicked. Everything really clicked. And you said they were the tightest. It's, it seems, it, you know, they basically came together during the pandemic and really got, really got. It's taken them a while, but it, you know, we're on year two of them being together, and and no one's really defected. You know, no one's really left the promotion. Um, this this is the core group, and I think it's really. They really come together, you know, and and also, everyone stands out, everyone has their own character, like, the, the barrier with me hopping back into Dragon Gate, and I think people will criticize me a little bit, is that no one like, no one in the, like, no one really stands out in terms of the new guys, I know, I know you guys um, like the, like the new guys like, uh, um uh, I'm trying to remember. now I'm blanking, blanking the guys because, um, like uh, SB Kenzo, so G- you know, yeah, yeah Yes, we can. Uh, so okay. Dragon Estrella
1: yeah. or, or what? Uh, La Estrella, mm-hmm. um, Dragon Dia. Like, there's a lot of guys who stand out. Even um, what is it like? Uh, super strong machine J. Like, there's there are people li- who stand out from the news
2: Yeah, right I team. like I like strong machine J. But even with uh, with the Dragon Dia, um, you know when they amassed him and, and and the other and um, was it was it Dragon Inferno? Was it yeah. the other guy?
3: that turns out,
2: it, it out to be yuki Oshioca. yeah and i mean they're good-looking guys like i just feel like they've just compiled a bunch of good-looking guys but they don't like stand out like not like the last class like i this is the thing i've been bobbling my head um falling back in my head back and forth when i hear a lot of people talk about old oh, you know, it's it, it, to me, it's always feels like with Dragon Gate, there's always a, like every two years, there are these news guys, these news guys coming. Oh, uh, they're pushing the new generation. But like, I really, maybe it was just me getting to sort of a groove and watching Dragon Gate consistently. Like, I got into um, Shooting Skywalker, Ben K, you know, um, uh, what's the other, now I'm blanking on the other guy's name. Um, um, that used to be in R.E.D. Um, sometimes were the breeds. Uh, co- uh, co- uh um, I'm blanking his name, but like that that group of young guys, and then you mix in Ada and and those guys. Like I thought, like oh, like those are gonna be the new guys, and then like all of a sudden they're washed away, and then you have these new guys come in. And it's just like oh wait, it's only been like two years. Hold on, like just my thinking. Whereas like it stardom, like. They're bringing new people, but they all feel different in their own way. Like like Ami feels different than Saida. Um, Himeka feels different than um, I don't I don't know. Um, I'm trying to pick a, a new new person like Unagi Sayak. Like everybody feels different. Everybody has different personalities that come to it, and they've gelled over the pandemic and really know each other in and out, and I think with the five-star, because because a lot of times they don't work a lot of singles, they work a lot of multi-man tag multi-women tag matches, I think they'll, they'll be able to put together a lot of good stuff heading into the five-star especially now that the five-star has got a lot more, there are a lot more TV um, pay-per-views going into it mm. um, it's just something I don't get with, with maybe I just have to jump back into Dragon I know you guys are down on it, but I I haven't really felt like everybody like there's going to be a standout guy, um, or it just means it's a bunch of good bunch of guys that are really really good, but it's just like no one really stands out in my opinion. But that's just that's just me.
1: That's pretty fair. I think uh, I don't know what I can't remember his new name. Big R. Uh, to me feels like the standout of Dragon Gate right now. But again he's yeah
2: like big R like Shimizu. Like uh like yeah. I was like I was rocking with him like that group like like that group with Ben K. Like I thought like all right these are the these are the guys. And then they just been pushed kind of pushed to the side. You know?
1: Yeah. Um I just I feel like he is like doing this weird thing where he's like kind of toiling through the middle but feels like we'll eventually make it the thought. Well, we talked about it recently when I mentioned about like Kai being the champion, like what the fuck is going on in this company, you know? So yeah, there is definitely, I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, in the idea that like, it feels like it's hard to, to grab onto anybody as like the standout. I think Shun is supposed to kind of be the standout maybe, but like, you know, it is what it is with everything that's going on there. So I get I I understand what you're saying and stardom is a lot easier to to kind of see especially because stardom feels like it's an ensemble cast of characters um, and like basically there's a lot of people who can be who can be like the top in stars. Um, but uh, it does feel like we've probably gone longer than we should have at this point. Quentin, what do you think?
3: Oh, uh, yeah, there's almost nearly three hours. Unfortunately, <laughs> at this point, <laughs> at this point. Jeez. Uh,
2: I'm sorry. No, I'm yeah, sorry. I talked. No, I'm sorry. I talked too guys are, much.
3: You guys are good. Uh, it is perfectly fine.
2: Kaito Ishida. That's what. That's what. That's what the other guy. Kaito Ishida. Yeah. I
3: for, no. I was thinking oh, it was yes, Kaito, I but I then that. I forgot. But I forgot that Kaito did the, bra- did the braids for 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 a bit. I completely forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we are. We're, we're. I think. I think. I think we're. I think we're good on. uh uh, on this unless we want to get into the nuance of uh prominence's place in stardom but uh okay. i think I, I think i think we're really i think we're good <laughs> jml thank you for joining us as always uh you want to get your you want to get your plugs out the way i know that the that the uh, the wrestling observer tracker uh obviously uh is it super active right now will be like you know it probably you know in in the com- in the coming months with uh with that stuff but anything you want to plug
2: yeah. 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 If you want to go to uh twitter.com slash W N H O F tracker, it stands for the wrestling observer, hall of fame tracker. Yeah. We've the, the, the account's been dormant for a little bit, but because, you know, you know, the award season, you know, hall of fame season is over, but um, we're going to pick it up, you know, during this, during the summer, I got some, got some thoughts, Um got some thoughts that I got to talk to depth about, but I, uh, Basically, I'm thinking of you know starting to ease in. You know, putting out some polls, saying like I'm thinking of some polls, like who's who do you think should uh, has the best chance of uh, getting getting votes? You know, out of these tag teams because you know the tag teams are coming um, on the ballot. I know uh, Holy Demon Army is probably going to be the be the biggest one, but also uh, there's some other there's some other uh, tag teams are they're, they're coming on the ballot um, but also just some 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 probably think of some polls but also some research of like uh, certain certain people on the hall of fame ballot that are coming in and um, yeah so hopefully you'll see that in the coming weeks Prom- i won't promise anything but you know i've been super super busy so that's that's why
3: but- it's something I'm looking forward to. I still want to write like some of my own stuff for the guys that are on the ballot uh, coming up, maybe do like now that the Holy Demon army is going to be on the ballot together, you know, try to make my tie case, but at the same time, Holy Demon army, I can't imagine the Holy Demon army doesn't get in uh, yeah, yeah, when, when all this stuff, when all this stuff happens, but you can follow me on Twitter at QT underscore Moody. You can follow Tim. At Bone Dogs Wife, or you can follow the podcast network at WDKWPN. And if you're feeling so kind, you could donate to the co- to the coffee link in the We Don't Know Wrestling uh podcast network bio.
0: That is it for it really us. Thank you all for listening and hope you're here next time. Would it really you? If the car drive just on the service on the serve, and the women been drawn with a curtain, tell me, would it wouldn't matter to you better you this My phone ain't terming, I'm never serving Bill love, but I never serve it They check in, I'm probably clerking with this Less I'm not for certain They pay out, I make a way I go back to school, if it's cool I go major in real estate Buy a bigger play for you and I Living with my parents, ain't that glamorous, but it'll get us by You a super trooper, kinda queen, that I can't do without I rain the things I promise, can't be sure like Nostradamus What if we never buy it all, just be honest If I'm on it nine to five, I just working, working. And I never could afford you a Bergen Tell me, would it really matter to you? Would it really matter to you? If a car I drive, just in on the service And the river did come with a girl Tell yeah, me, would it matter to you? Would it really matter to you? i it in the gully, rolling, facing, jiggle, beat it, doctor made it. Out of the page and probably flat and border, you off in the game and blowin' them bad, poppin' them tags, on yo, shaw yo, twerk, Sound of the dry, goin' on lies. Little spurs on them blue chicken that can't get that head in and ain't near. They ain't different with but Roger, Tiffany's never fail. Whoop, what the cut is Lepid- there? Tell. If we never bowed buy, by it, always you love me for real If I'm on it nine to five, I still working workin', And I never could afford you a working Tell me, would it matter to you? Would it really matter to you? If the car I drive just stay on the surface And the women been born with a girl Tell me, would it matter to you?